Welcome, agents, to Strain 08 MDM of the Zero Point Report, a broadcast all about the news surrounding the Secret World IP. Today is October 24th, 2019, and I'm your host for this evening, Ocho. With me tonight, we have Griff. Hello. We have Ember. Hello, hello. We have Jimmy the Rabbit. At least I, I think we have Jimmy the Rabbit. Wasn't he going to mute his mic? I think he's still Maybe. in the car. Okay, well, he's here. Jimmy the Rabbit's here. Uh, <laughs> he and then when promise. I, we promise he is around somewhere. Uh, and we have special guest with us tonight. We are very, we are so very, very excited. Uh, we're always excited to have special guests, but uh, we're so very excited. We have two special guests. We have with us uh, Bloodwed Mallory. Hey there. Now a four-time author of Secret World novels. Uh, all up on Amazon. And we also have with us the Scrivnomancer. Hello, sweet ladies. Joshua Sawen Deech. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Alan Alan is just too it's too basic now. That's what we determine your middle name is now, yeah. <laughs> Joshua Sawen Deech. Works. It'll be much harder for people to search for you. That's true. The middle name. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to go back and change everything retroactively. That's right. Now, it's, uh, Joshua Allen Deitch, uh, famous for uh, being one of the one of the writers uh, for Secret World and uh, and many many other Secret World properties. Um, it, it is fantastic. It is fantastic to talk to you again. It's been a long time. It's awesome to be back. I missed all you guys. It was a cool, cool community, which was one of which probably the best part of working on that property Aww. and i am owned by no company so i don't even have to say that you know for pr reasons <laughs> <laughs> sorry scrib is a scrib is a freelancer um so so if you need somebody to write a really good story for you just talk to scrib really just hit him up feed me it'll cost something but it'll be good <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fabulous I so, say, well, welcome to everybody in chat. We are live on the Zero Point Report Twitch stream. I didn't actually bring up the Twitch stream itself, but uh, we should have Jimmy the Rabbit playing. Yeah, I got playing Moons of Madness. I'm, I'm working on the audio, but yeah, I'm here. <laughs> there he is. There's Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's no audio. What, what's going on? But... Just getting just getting the kinks out of the system. It's not filth in the, in the interwebs. So, yeah. So, welcome to everybody who joined us in chat. We have um, plenty, plenty of people. I see Leah Grimm in there. I see PJ in there. I see Toph in there. I see, I see a whole bunch of people. I so, yes, see welcome. my favorite burb. Burb's the word. Bummer. Burb, burb, burb. Burb. Oh, there's, there's Bomber. <laughs> yep. Bomber's down there, too. So, yes. Welcome. 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 Um... Well, the big, the big news that we had this week, and this this goes into uh, why we have our guests on the show this week, is that Moons of Madness released on October twenty second this past Tuesday, and is a um. Well, it's been it's been received very very well. 
Moons of Madness, uh, a mysterious signal has been recorded coming from the Red Planet. The message confounded Orochi scientists. Their analysts broke it down and determined it was of intelligent origin. Orochi management immediately concluded that the discovery was too sensitive for public knowledge and moved to keep it hidden. In secret, the corporation began construction of Invictus, a state-of-the-art Mars research outpost designed to identify the true nature of the message. You are Shane Newhart, a technician stationed at the Invictus, and your security clearance means you are completely unaware of the existence of the mysterious signal. Your job is simply to keep the lights on until the transport ship Cyrano arrives, bringing with it a new team to take over your duties. Soon you discover strange and unusual setbacks. The security system is on lockdown, the greenhouse is flooded, and there is Martian dust leaking into the infirmary. Things are starting to fall apart. You begin seeing and hearing things that aren't there. Visions, hallucinations, or is it even what it is? Is this real? Or are you slowly descending into madness? Cue tentacles. <laughs> All the tentacles. So uh, so we're going to start off here with uh, with talking with Scrivnomancer, because you have done significant work on this project, have you not? That is correct, yes. So can you kind of go into what uh, what your role on working in Moons of Madness is? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, So Moons of Madness uh, by Rock Pocket Games um, existed as a um, uh, 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 kind of a tighter, smaller version um, uh Initially, that was it was it was a cosmic horror set in space, kind of uh, the Martian, the, the the novel or the movie, um, kind of that scientific approach with the tentacles and cosmic horror injected into it. Um, at some point, uh, Funcom stepped in to be the the publisher, and when they did that, they looked at the game and said, "Hey, this this could really function within the secret world," and that's the point that um, I came on board. So I worked to kind of. Um, rework some of the story that was already there um edit some things and then add a bunch to it because they raised the scope of the game from the original uh, uh more levels um more plot twists um and a major change was the original game it was more of a standard uh nasa mission um what we changed with that was we made it a private corporate mission um, um uh by uh famed wicked corporation orochi I mean, it kind of makes sense in today's world that it would kind of be more of a private corporation it does, in the first place. Yeah, you have more of that happening, so it's a nice timely thing to put in there. It touches on some of those themes in the Alien movies. Uh, uh, the uh, Wayland, uh, man, I'm already forgetting the name. The, the Utani Wayland? Wayland Utani? Uh, Wayland Utani, yeah. Thank you. Yes, the corporation famous in aliens, which is which you usually don't see, which was which is the fun part of it. And I think that's kind of what we tried to capture is you you have the workers talking about it, but it's this faceless entity that's far away. Yeah, you pretty much just see their logo. It's like, oh, yeah, this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's just yeah, you can you can just inject a lot of uh, 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 modern corporate humor into that. Um, uh, uh, in the story, the characters talk about the massive, like, 100-page NDAs they had to sign. Like, they couldn't even tell their family where they were. Um, and it was just kind of this idea of this improbable secret that Orochi's keeping from the rest of the planet. I'll say, but since what we know of Orochi is just <laughs> dead bodies everywhere. Yes, Orochi <laughs> likes to poke into things, and, yeah, they're, they're working. Yes, poking into everything. So that's 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 amazing. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of a reverse of the fake moon landing conspiracy. The idea is Orochi was going to let anyone who finds anything sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. Like, there's this secret mission on Mars that no one knows about. So the Orochi are taking some cues from us Lumies, is what I'm hearing. That's right. This is very much, if you go back to the secret world, uh, uh, Kirsten Geary talks about, uh, uh, she has a monologue that I wrote uh, that uh, talks about how um, uh, cover-ups aren't about cover-ups anymore. It's not about stealth. It's about inundating people with internet and knowledge and, and, and just uh, uh, BS information, information. It's kind of like the BS information and all these different opinions that people just don't, you know, it's on the fifth page of a Google search. So no one's going to find out. So, which is, I which is one of my favorites. One. My, one of my, by far, one of my favorite monologues in the entire game. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it goes into that. Cause yeah, the idea is that in fact, they're in plain sight They they, publicly they're projecting like a mission in like 10 years or something. So when someone says, Oh, it's happening now, you know, people are just like, Oh, bullshit. Kirsten yeah. knows everything. Everybody's got to learn from her. Like this is how it goes, guys. You can do worse than uh, listen to Kirsten. <laughs> I miss writing her. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I hear um, her voice the 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 woman who plays her voice in something else, and I'm just like, it's like, why does Kirsten Geary have to be everywhere? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was what I remember. Lumi. I uh, I was in on the uh, recording sessions. I got to do some some directing in that, and then I was I remember looking up uh, uh, the voice actress and going, "Oh my gosh, I've heard this. I've heard this person everywhere. Everywhere she <laughs> seems to be everywhere." Um, I mean, I, I she... off the top of my head, I want to say Carrie. Carrie Byron? No, I don't know. I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I'm sure someone in, in chat will. Will let me know. Um, I just know so, she, she is who I want to be when I grow up. I I'm I'm at a vet clinic now, and one of my doctors, her initials are KG, and I like I noticed that bomber to the rescue. Yes, Carrie Walgren. Yes. Oh, nice. And yeah, she's in pretty much almost everything. Either that, or I just imagine her being in everything. Um, <laughs> so. I guess we can go into um, we don't want to first and foremost, we don't want to actually say too many spoilers for right. Moons of Madness because it just came out. And so we don't want to go too in too in depth about what goes on. Um, so we have we have Jimmy playing through the, the very basic, the very beginning portion of the game. So, you know, we you know, so anyone can 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 check it out. Uh, actually, how about we go ahead and do that right now? We have been given a few keys to give away for Moons of Madness. So why don't we go ahead and set up a raffle right now for a key for Moons of Madness. That is this madness. It is madness, my friends. So it's running right now. So what you want to do is type hashtag. So we are also giving away tonight. Um... Not in chat. This was something, but uh, but if you go to our Twitter channel, we have uh, a while ago we posted a tweet that we asked you to retweet and make sure to follow the Twitter account and make sure to follow the Twitch account as well. Uh, we are giving away a T-shirt, a Moons of Madness T-shirt that was given out at TwitchCon that I've been very diligently keeping my cat off of. 
and we all know how how much work it is to herd cats. <laughs> that we are giving away as well. So if you haven't already, uh, I think that's going to be closer to the end of the show. If you if you haven't already, go ahead and go to the uh, the Twitter channel and uh, find the find the tweet and go ahead and retweet it and make sure to be following all of that because I want to give it out to somebody that we know. <laughs> I want to give it out to somebody um, who we love. Uh, one of our one of our fantastic followers here. So go ahead and uh, and do that. So going back to to talking about Moons of Madness, um, what would, from your perspective, Mister Mister Scrivenomancer, yes. what would, um, what is your thought on basically what is the what is the overall plot line? of moons of madness from your perspective. Um, so going into it, the way I prepared for it was I read the novel, the Martian. I'd seen the movie already, but I read the novel because I wanted to get just some, some of that um, technical sound to the dialogue. Uh, uh, um, I can, I can do, I can do the, the drippy insane uh, occultish stuff. Um, but I want I, I, so it was, so for me, it was like, I want to, Writing, uh, writing this was a mix between The Martian and some Lovecraftian stories, but very specifically uh, Dreams in the Witch House, which features kind of okay. forbidden math as a sort of magic and time warping and space warping abilities with that. And without going too much into the plot uh, 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 and spoiling things, it's, it's, it's kind of taking the idea of, of that story, but what if, what if a character from that um, uh dove down the rabbit hole instead of resisting without going to which character that may or may not be <laughs> okay but um so uh so it's it's very much kind of a fusion of that um you've got this sort of uh um hauntingly serene setting because you know mars is, is pretty and there's not a lot going on you look outside and it's 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 space it's an uninhabited planet um it's it's a lot of um, of uh, uh, um, scientific uh, 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 work and various atmospheric complications. The character, much like the Martian, the characters have to solve various problems and and maintain uh, uh, their their equipment and themselves. Um, but injected into that creeps in this um, this cosmic horror element. That's phenomenal. Yeah, Mars itself is. Uh, um... I studied uh, astrophysics for a while, and Mars itself is not not a kind place by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, yeah, I was I was shown several videos and like all the reasons it doesn't work or or, <laughs> or the or the things you'd have to overcome basically to to make a long term, um, uh, uh, yeah, habitable environment base. on Mars. Yeah, yeah, there, it's, are, yeah. there are many many challenges. Well, I know it's double interesting for me because I am following the Twitter for the robot we currently have up there. One of many, yeah. And I can follow <laughs> one of the robots on Mars who happens to be on Twitter because this is the future. Um, but I thought that was very also kind of timely, at least for people who are keeping track of that. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a nice um, uh, modern uh, environment to 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 put in some of those old tropes. 
So that's that's the point of Secret World is that uh, you know it uh, it lies in the in the in the conspiracy, but it lies in the well. What is what is possible? Well, what is what is actually possible? You know, we're not talking about colonizing Pluto here. We're we're talking about colonizing Mars, which is something that it has been in the news. It has been around. It has been bandy back and forth. You know, not by people actually serious about it, but because uh, it's. It's it's a very very punishing environment in the first place, um, but that just leads to the fun. That just leads to the uh, what makes what makes the horror so good with it, right? And then the, and then the other component of connecting to the secret world was the secret world is this broad omni uh, referential kind of setting that that just touches into just about every genre at some point, um, and it just mixes it in a mad stew uh, by design with characters that are very powerful and can kind of face these overwhelming things um, where this story takes place in the same world, but not really the same genre. It distills down to kind of that, not helpless, but you're, 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 you're pretty vulnerable to the forces around you, including the non-evil ones, just the, just the, the, the environment of Mars itself, which can kill you. Right, yeah. It's like, you know, when you're worrying about uh, yeah, everything coming to get you, and you're worrying like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, I should have put my helmet Mars. on before I opened that. <laughs> Mars is really cold, yes. it's, <laughs> And the, the air is not nice, and it's yeah, not, uh, not, not actually a fun place to be. Um, yeah, apparently even the dirt doesn't have enough friction. Because this is a thing I learned following the current Mars robot. <laughs> well, it's also in the movie The Martian, if you remember, that the big storm that kicked everything, the whole series of events off, that could never happen in real life. So it's one of the things where you can take artistic like liabilities and say, oh, well, let's turn this up a notch to see what happens. Right, right. And simultaneously, to go along with Moons of Madness, uh, if you head to CyranoStory.com, that is an ARG that is currently still taking place. I believe that the the last part doesn't open up until tomorrow. Yep. But it uh... is an ARG. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's right. Um, I also wrote on that, and uh, yeah, it, it fills in a, a certain part of the story. Um, part of the kind of back and side stories that's going on as you, as you play Shane is that this ship called the Cyrano is supposed to land with a relief crew. And um, the ARG delves more into the story of that crew. I got you, Bloodwood. I got you, Bloodwood. You're back in channel muted now but sorry technical issues <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry one more time what was that Hello? can you uh can you just uh, repeat that last bit anyone there oh hold on uh take her off mute there we go you should be good now you thank you for saving me <laughs> you're rescued from the cold vacuum i tell you i was in space ah <laughs> so yeah, so the 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 ARG that is currently going on, so the Cyrano story. The Cyrano is supposed to be the uh, the ship that is approaching Mars, right? That, I believe uh, that everything is waiting for. 
Yeah, I believe when Shane wakes up as the game starts, it's supposed to be arrival day or close to it. And then everything just goes smoothly. Goes very smoothly, right? It goes oh, exactly as, as planned. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, go check out CyranoStory.com. It is a an ARG uh, by Allison Smith, uh, who, who did the ARG previous to Secret World Legends uh, in the past. And um, as well as having their own set of uh, games that are out there as well. And I believe also they're working with the Canadian military, I think, also as well. Holy crap. (laughs) They do a lot of cool stuff. This is the second time I've worked with them. I actually worked with them recently for the um, the, uh, uh, Tender ARG, which which, uh, eventually announced um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Indeed. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, it's also an also an Allison Smith product. Um, so yes, go check that out. It's uh, CyranoStory.com. and they're not long. They're you know they're kind of like the ARG that they had before Secret World Legends launched. It's a you know, each one might take you a little bit of time to figure out. Depends how much you really want to you know go into it and figure it out. But it's a uh, multi parts, um, five parts. Each one has maybe two or three answers to figure out to figure out within it, and then when you complete each section, uh, you are rewarded with a. At least up until now, they, they're not going to release a, the next one until tomorrow. But uh, every part has rewarded you with images and with uh, audio files and with. If you uh, if you like some of the kind of side horror in Moons of Madness, like the little um, journal entries and things like that, um, this is this is more of some of that same kind of same kind of horror. Oh yes, oh yes, just inject it right into my veins. Really, um, <laughs> it's so it's so good. Um, but each uh, each seal that you unlock uh, gives you the chance to win. Uh, different keys for different games, including the park, including Moons of Madness itself, including Night Team 4, which is also an Allison Smith product. Um, I won that one personally. I'm not giving that away. I'm keeping that one for myself. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Among many others. So I would say definitely go check it out. It's, uh, it's, I'm going to say it's not the hardest thing in the world. It takes some research. And it takes some. It takes a lot of experimenting to, to figure out some of the some of the clues. Yeah, it's not it's not a super deep rabbit hole. So it's it's like a, it's a little like it doesn't it's not like the the the, the tender one was pretty insane. Some of the some of the depths on this, but uh, you get to some of the goodies quicker. So I didn't play the I didn't play the tender one. How was how did that one roll? That one was massive. Uh, I don't even know everything that was going on, which was part of the fun of working on this crazy clandestine beast i would you know i would just be writing things up quickly for them and trying to pivot because the the game was trying to react to the way the players were playing it so a lot of last minute writing um uh, but it was fun to write something up and then go like oh someone's picking up a suitcase in some park for real uh, in some city say part of this one was also similar along the same lines i think between right between the, the third and fourth one or while people were solving the fourth um seal in this case that they were looking for photos of clocks in Germany 
And I'll write, yeah, I saw some of that. <laughs> Which again, it's part of the fun of writing for these ARGs is like I'll write up some stuff, some storyline stuff, and then I don't like, okay? know that there was going to be anything in clocks in Germany. And yeah, I saw posts of like this is awesome. Yeah, no, it, was, it ended up being really, really cool because uh, I need oh, I need to find the the link to this real quick. Uh, but what they did was they. Um, they asked for clocks in Germany, and I'm not quite sure what exactly transpired, but it ended up being where two complete strangers ended up meeting in the same location. They got two agents to meet to meet up at one specific location, and then they basically gave them like this physical thing that had a whole bunch of clock faces on it, and that was a that was a puzzle. And then it pointed them to an Illuminati themed escape room, which they then went and completed. And now they're married with two kids. That's right. <laughs> so quick, they move so fast. Uh, and this all was this all happened like, what, like not even a week ago. Um, and then as soon as they figured out the escape room, then the last part of the the rest of the story continued, which is uh, it's, it's always it's always really fun. It's always really fun to see that, um, and to see that yeah, that, that sometimes how deep these things go. Even if you can't participate in them yourself personally, that it's uh, it's still really fun to check out. Yeah, yeah. Some of the forums that kind of give you the breakdown of the stuff. It's fun to go and see the bits you missed. So, how much of the story itself did you write for for the ARG? Um, pretty much most of it. I worked. Uh, uh, I worked with the, the the people at Allison Smith, and we kind of. We kind of bounced ideas back and forth, and um, uh, um, mainly not, not so much necessarily on all the uh, methods that you come across the information, especially the the real world stuff with the escape room, but specifically the character of Olivia, who's on the Cyrano, get her recording. So that was a that was a big part of the storyline. I'll say that that's was uh, I think my my favorite part of that of the ARG so far it's aside from figuring it out and the, uh, correct is those, um, yeah, those, uh, those logs that she starts posting and how you can, you can hear, yeah, that the very, that those couple of lines that you throw in there that are like, I don't know what language they're speaking, but you know, this is normal. Like <laughs> <laughs> as if, as if that would it, itself not be like a giant red flag. And she's like, man, no, it's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I highly suggest going and checking that out uh, if you haven't done so already. Um, it's amazing. I love it all. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it adds, it adds, it adds a little, little depth to the... Uh... Some of the some of the backstory or side story. I don't. The Cyrano is kind of coming in from the side, so I guess. Indeed, it's sort of like the uh, it is sort of like the ARG that they had before before Secret World Legends launched. Did you have anything to do with that ARG? Um, no, no. I heard I heard okay. of it, but I was not involved with it. I'm not exactly sure. Um, that was one of the questions I, I had for you. Was uh, as we know, you know, we, we all play Secret World and Secret World is amazing. Um but what part of what part of Secret World did you like how much of how much of it did you have your hand in in the writing and what parts what parts of it are like distinctly uh Joshua Deesh? 
Um, well, um, um, oh, this is, uh, uh, I'm just noticing in the game, they're picking up the toy ship. I'm trying to remember if the details of it to it got added. I'm trying not to watch because I didn't actually play the game yet. So <laughs> we're gonna see how many times I, I, I can play for the ship. <laughs> I advise chat that anybody trying to avoid all spoilers could like just pop out chat. I advise that because that's what I'm doing because I'm not playing the game till this weekend. So right, I'm the same. I don't have time until this weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. Well, Jimmy you played can it through. Jimmy played it through the entire game already. So, yeah, I, I finished my run through at four thirty a.m. this morning. Crazy man! <laughs> the little, the little astronaut action figures fell out of the toy ship. But anyway, um, back to the secret that's what, that's world. What you're looking for. world. That's, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, that was, uh, that's a little sight gag. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I found was funny is I didn't notice this before, but apparently you can only play with it so many times before it only gives you the option to open the door. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> I, I don't that's, remember that's a, like stop playing with it. That. Move on already. <laughs> it's a nice, vicious reference to something that I won't explain. But back to the other question uh, about the secret world. Um, so, uh, pre-launch to launch. Um, I have one very specific thing that my hands were all over, and that was at the time I was I was writing for uh, Age of Conan, but the Secret World team borrowed me specifically to um, um, they 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 had their their lore mechanic, but they didn't uh, the, the the initial entries they had they they weren't happy with they 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 weren't bad, but they were they were dry and they wanted they did, they wanted something that wasn't necessarily encyclopedic. Um, uh, a little more, I don't know, weird and engaging. So I developed the the, the buzzing. Basically, that's yeah. that's my contribution. I, that's uh, an amazingly large contribution. Thank you. And, and this is literally why, when I had him sign his book, I was like, "Please write it from the buzzing." I'm sorry, I sound crazy. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah, I love the buzzing, and I you know, depending on how things turned out, I don't know if they make any reference or appearance perhaps in this game somewhere maybe 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 not maybe. i don't know you gotta play maybe. the game um but uh yeah uh so i wrote up the 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 the, the sort of uh alien techno divine voice multi multi voice deity thing that that kind of beams the lore to your character in the game, and I wrote uh, I wrote all the initial entries, and, and really most of them since there's some that, that that were written by other people at various times. But um, that was my main contribution. And then I didn't really come on to the secret world beyond that until, and I'm blanking on the issue number, but uh, a dream to kill was the issue I came in on. Seven. Issue seven. Yep. So that was the one. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. There you go. Yeah. That was the one after um, Last Train to Cairo. I believe was six. So. Yep. So seven, yes, a dream to kill. That's yeah, the one. That's the one that starts the whole um, Lilith and yeah, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> a whole bunch of fantastic cutscenes. <laughs> well, and if I remember right, sir, you also were doing a lot of the twitters. Back of the day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, me and a few others uh, initially. Um, at, at the height of it, it was me and a few others, and we could really gamify it better. Um, and then 
for years after I just, I kept up with the characters, but yeah, I, uh, I did the, the, the Twitter role play with, uh, with some of the, the famed NPCs, um, which, uh, I think was a, was an awesome experiment. I think, I think that's one of the reasons that the, the players and the devs kind of connected with that game in a, in a, in a special way. We kind of played together. I remember being so excited when they followed me back. Yes. With all the characters, mm-hmm. like when yep. when Kirsten Geary followed me, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. we're gonna like, this we're gonna need a vote in in chat." Bacon and eggs or savory oatmeal? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the choice is yours. Which bar? <laughs> yeah, I remember when we were divvying up the uh, the the Twitter characters, and and one of my workmates, Tanya, took. Um, uh, 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 Saeed, who I really wanted, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take Kirsten, and then I was writing as Kirsten. I'll <laughs> say oh, so you, you mentioned uh, how the information gets beamed to you, Jimmy. Didn't you have uh, something a while ago with the? I have an emote. <laughs> yes, in in beta, that the um, the image that they used for for gaining the information was different than the emote that we have today. And yes, Vomer, Vomer found it on one of their screenshots. It's uh, basically a, a little picture of, yeah, of it being beamed directly into your brain. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. in, in, the, in the Legends uh, beta, in like one of the early phases, like phase one or two, the, everything has an interaction icon, right? So you go to like gasoline and you see like a little picture of like a lighter. Yeah, and when you go to interact with a with a legend or a lore, there the little icon was. I posted it in Twitch because I made it. I made a Twitch emote of it. <laughs> it's the little brain, like person with the brain out of their head, oh, okay, yeah. like beaming into it, and like that was the interaction icon. Oh, and it was awesome. amazing. Yeah, and then oh. for whatever reason, like Beta Phase Three or something, it went. It would became the honeycomb. And I'm like, but, <laughs> but that is what's floating is the honeycomb. Why is the honeycomb the interaction icon? The other interaction icon was way better. And, and I ranted about it on the beta forums, actually. I, <laughs> You're like, I, why do you change that? It, it completely makes sense as to what yeah, happens. It's, yeah, that's how I, you get the information. I retroactively join your rant in solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> so I pestered Vollmer for, uh, like, not, not continuously, but on and off, I think. A few times over the course of a few months, where I was like, <laughs> "Go find that," because he said he had screenshots from Beta, and I didn't have any that had do, that in do it. Do you understand what it takes for Vomer to go through his screenshots? It's worse than me. <laughs> he has more than me, it, and it that was, is impressive. It was worth it. It's it was true. worth it. It's true. Vomer opens up their uh, screenshot folder, and it just starts off with, "It was the best of times. It was the worst of times." <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was a terrible uh, joke. Anyway, <laughs> you're, you're, you're fine because every every time I I talk with them, I'm like, yeah, I also desperately need to organize mine, and I had them organized, and now I don't. And ye gods, ye gods. Uh, just checking the uh, the chat there. It seemed like uh, I, I completely it scrolled by way too fast. Uh, Hollow Point. Hollow Point was the one who won the first key yes. for Moons of Madness. Congratulations, yes. Mr. Hollow Point. Hollow Point, of course, uh, one of the fantastic. If you haven't checked out his artwork, you yes. go check out his artwork. Go, go check it out, please. It's amazing. Um, 
Hollow Point is uh yes one of the one of our one of our favorites here at uh, at Zero Point Report. Just always making fantastic stuff. Go check out his Twitter account as well, Hollow Point. I will get you that code uh, after the show when the show is finished. And if I do not, just poke me until I do because it's yours. Um, I, I could easily forget. It happens. It happens. So some of those Dude, early... if poke him and it doesn't work, then poke me, and I will throw things at his head. And right, yes. Sure <laughs> get other people to poke me. In. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, is you have to get other people to poke at you. It's like, hey, 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 forget this. You Occasionally, I just put down my phone and just not look at it for hours. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, so, uh, so you were saying, Scriv. Oh, I was just noticing some of those earlier rooms that were in in the in the game here, uh, like the kitchen and the, and the workout area. Are part of what I really liked about the setting is it, it gives scope to all the weird crawly horror that comes in later. Is that you have this sort of mundane? I mean, it's exciting mundane. It's a space station, but it's everything's kind of clean and antiseptic and. and, and not a lot of action going on. There's, there's, you know, breakfast bars. There's, there's treadmills. There's, there's just kind of routine um, uh, uh, that that touches on some of the fun things that were in the Martian, um, and just gives it gives a fun jumping off point for the really weird stuff. Where is like in a lot of the secret world settings I'd write for, you know, it might be a some dark underbelly of a cult or something like that. Uh, yes. Very different sort of a scene. Well, it's funny because when you were talking about that, I was literally thinking about the Fear and Nothing Foundation and how that starts off. You know, it's just kind of a school. It's a little creepy, but it's not that bad. But then the further you get into it, what the, school were you visiting? The more, the, the more the out the gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that 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 the uh, the Fear Nothing Foundation for, uh, uh, for those listening, which is kind of a. It's, a, it's an offshoot of one of the evil cults of the secret world, and it's it's kind of modeled as a youth group. And that I kind of I modeled a lot, well, off of several things, uh, so, some some Scientology stuff, and then and then the, the Heaven's Gate uh, uh, cult specifically. And um, I, I research a lot of weird, freaky things, and they don't usually get under my skin, but that kind of did in a weird way. Uh, and I, I think remember it paid you off. talking about that, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It was just because uh, you can still go on their website, which look. It is a frozen moment in time. It looks like a late '90s GeoCity website. <laughs> GeoCities, yeah, frozen well, in amber. And well, you can... and, no, oh, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Oh, okay. okay, I'm like I, you I can still. Just... <laughs> okay, you, you can still read their um the, the exit statements of some of the people, and it's 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 just this it's this it's this weird kind of horror because it's not like um. Um, oh, what's the cult I'm thinking of that had the really violent end? Uh, Jonestown. Yeah, you have something like oh, Jonestown, okay. you know, where it's 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 just you know gory, horrific kind, you know, mass uh, uh, yeah. horror and this and that. Where the Heaven's Gate, it's it's still a lot of people, but it's it's a quieter, you know, they, they all yeah, kind that of was just willingly. more, yeah. And 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 listening to the and, and or listening to, but reading, well, actually listening, I watched a lot of the videos too of them giving their own kind of final interviews. Um, it's this quieter, uh, it's more serene kind of horror, and it's just—it's way creepier. Yeah, getting kind yeah. of the mindset of not just going, "Oh, here's some wacko that did this," but but like, where do you have to be mentally, like, to where this seems attractive? And 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 yeah, yeah, something about that. Just yeah, I was. <laughs> there's one yeah. night I was researching, I'm just like, oh, 
You know what so, I found yeah, really I, interesting I, I about Fear Nothing Foundation uh, in recent playthroughs? They're le- as creepy as they are, they're less crazy in Secret World. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not exactly wrong. That's true, yeah. When you when you have when you open it up to kind of a cosmic horror and fantasy stuff, um, yeah, you get this weird thing where like, oh man, it's like it's it's still crazy, but like that there's a basis there. Right, like the the things they're trying to do exist. Like the, we are all stars. The dreamers are there. You know what I mean? Like it's they're still they're still crazy. Right, but there's but, but there's an but there's an actual supernatural component. What what remains the same is you have this group of people that is kind of uh, predatorily using these techniques that kind of you know get people to um, uh, kind of um, give up their individual selves and kind of join the collective and and and, and give in to kind of a a a, a um, kind of tiered uh, stepping stones that so like if they did it all at once and said you know you're going to go do this crazy thing they'd probably say no but they 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 make it kind of a gradual process. Yes, and I um, I remember you talking about how disturbing it was for you researching, which isn't, like, you're usually fine. I remember you tweeting about that. But I also remember right at the time I was also researching um, youth boot camps. Yeah. And that tied into that, which, you know, is also a real world thing. Um, and it very much tied into that. And the, I think... I think going up to the top room in um, Fear Nothing is probably the first time in a game that I had a door and I knew what was behind it and I didn't want to go through it. Yeah. Like, I knew it was a game, obviously, and, like, it's the story, but I still had, like, a period of time where I'm like, I know it's probably behind this, but I still don't want to go through it. Yeah, I was very satisfied with the uh, the environmental uh, artists and the uh, and then the game devs on that. That was that was one where it really felt like the uh, the, the text of the horror and the the gameplay and environment yeah, connected for the better. Yes, Griff, did you look up when you were standing on the floor in the bottom? <laughs> I about had a heart attack. I remember that very distinctly. That's some of the scariest stuff in the game to me. Yeah, when they first showed me that, I'm like, "This is the best moment ever." <laughs> yeah. Well, the two and the two, the two that are holding, holding hands. Right. Right. right? Two, yeah. Well, but but they they weren't originally. Originally, I'm I'm sorry. This is going to be a rant. Originally, <laughs> up there, there was nobody holding hands, and we were all complaining about that because we had read the story, and we're like, "Why is nobody holding hands? This this is breaking our hearts." And at one point or another, um, they they adjusted it. So all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. We were very upset at first. I'm glad. I'm glad that. Yeah, I'm glad that happened. It's funny because sometimes you write the text, and you're, you're depending on the game or project, or even just moments in the project, depending on busyness and stuff. You're, you're as the writer, you get to be part of like, yeah, put this here, put that there. But other times, it's just you're kind of handing in text. And uh, but it's cool when you get to like, contribute to like a visual moment. Um, uh, another one that I can think of just off the top of my head uh, in Tokyo. Oh crap! What was his name? The boy with the large head and mental powers. Uh, young, 
young. Um, uh, originally, he was going to be on a swing set. And I was like, and I said, no, wait, no. The loneliest kind of image you can have is like one person on a seesaw. And yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that totally worked. Indeed, yes. Um, sort of cosmic creepy moments. Dave Screed's monologue at the end of the broadcast. If you you know, if you can be patient enough to listen to all of it, that stuff is true. It's true. It totally creepy. Yeah, he's got some good. Uh, he's got some good. Some good monologues and dialogue. I like him. That's why it works for the secret world. Is everything everything that Dave Screed rants about? He's the he's the person you're like, yeah, this is just a conspiracy theorist. You know, what I mean? but in the secret world, like, no, he's he's right. He's right about everything. He is he is on the ball. His uh, his uh, um, magazine is 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 pretty much all true, all for the secret world. And that's what makes that's what makes him more fantastic as a character. Is just the. Uh, that uh, in re- in the real world, we would look at people like that and just go like, eh, like okay, like you know, stay away from the guy down the street. But in this in this aspect, he is probably one of the most trustworthy people. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, like his information is actually probably some of the best, and actually probably better than all the information that everyone else is getting from all the Illuminati dialogues and whatnot that basically tell you that no, right. no, you yeah, has, not the truth. It's it there, has- but it's buried. Right, right. Yeah, his has less of an agenda. He's just throwing it. He's just shotgunning it out there. So, um, writing for video games specifically, you mentioned how that uh, you know there's there's obviously the visual aspect and there's a whole story aspect. Can you go into uh, a lot of what it is what it is really like to write for for video games itself? Um, well, it, it can often depend on the project again, like, uh, especially when you're, when you're starting out, um, like when I was writing age of Conan initially, it was more like things were hammered out gameplay wise. And they're just kind of told like, this person needs to talk about this, this person needs to talk about that. Um, and the place I can get creative were in the particulars and, and the person in the, in fleshing out the personalities of the characters. Um, uh, especially in age of Conan, cause he had all the, the dialogue trees. Um, so I could go off in all kinds of different directions. Um, and some of those weren't even recorded, so I mean, it, it's often better to have a recorded character just 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 to listen to. But the freedom of of not having a recorded character is you can you can play around more uh, uh, with that dialogue. But anyway, um, yeah, sometimes it's just you kind of get assigned something. Um, sometimes you are involved early on at the conception phase of things, and 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 you get to decide a lot of the, or at least influence a lot of the visuals and audio and stuff. Um, it's a lot of, you can't be too precious with your, your stuff because there are, it, things are going to be changed. There's going to be so many, um, even just in these last projects, uh, uh, there's going to be so many things that almost seem arbitrary sometimes like, um, uh, oh, um, in the secret world, there was that organization, uh, man, it's, it's funny how this stuff leaves your head, but, um, uh, kind of, they were, they were, they were kind of like an anonymous sort of organization. Uh, but they all wore uh, hornet masks. This one? Yes. And uh, the idea was, and we're like, oh, not only will we save some money, uh, uh, but, but it'll, but in a stylish way was that we'd have this sort of voice software talking for them because that's just part of their anonymity. Um, and I wrote all this stuff down and at the last minute. It was like, oh, um, 
the software we have doesn't do questions well. Uh, it doesn't do the rise at the end of the sentence for a question. And most of the dialogue they were were like questions like, you know, do you believe in this? Or do, what do you think about it? So I had to go, you know, so it, if you get too precious with your writing, it can get really frustrating just to be like, um, ah, they're messing with my stuff. But uh, if you could roll with the punches, um, that will that will do you well in, in video games in general. And it will lead to sometimes... Uh, some technical arbitrary uh, thing will force you to write something interesting that you wouldn't have written if you just had a, a complete blank canvas. Yeah, having to like fit makes you work harder to fit fit what the the request is. Yeah, and sometimes that helps me. Like if I'm given too much freedom, I will sometimes flounder in it. But if I'm if I'm giving some specific strictures or, or, or guidelines, it yeah, it becomes kind of a logic puzzle and it's like, how do I fit this in here? And, and then that gets my brain kind of moving. I can honestly say that actually I'm finding the same to be true. It's when I'm dealing with the, you know, the canon of the game, writing my novels, that sometimes I'll be like, why is this here? How do I make that make sense? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that is, uh, that's, that is a great primer for, for, for you know, right, or not even primer, it actually is writing for an IP is... Uh, it, it, you run into all that. You're like, I wouldn't have done this, but at the same time, you get some things to play off of, and yeah, it's 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 some give and take. It, it, I um, it's something I found I could usually. I mean, there are times I was frustrated with things, but but in general, I my brain works well with that kind of a thing, and uh, so that sort of writing usually worked well for me. Uh, I could just you know, kind of take something like, okay, I got to make this work, but yeah, sometimes something will change, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, and you'll think about what could have been if you know, this technical issue didn't exist or if the, um, if the time frame of a game didn't get pushed forward and suddenly you got to do this instead of this. And, uh, but, uh, but generally if you can, if you can roll with it, uh, uh, you'll be okay. There's, there's one game out there that is a, a, a perfect example of what you're talking about. I hate, I hate to, to change the subject away from secret world for a second here, but, uh, it's just a, it's just a fun fact. It's a fun fact. Um, Star Trek Online, when Star Trek Online first came out back in 2009, I believe it came out. Um, originally, they had plans. If you know anything about Star Trek, um, there's they generally they wanted it to start with three main factions. They wanted to start with the Federation and the Klingons and the Romulans, and they had it all they had it all set up. And then out of nowhere, the 2009 Star Trek movie came around. And they destroyed one of the planets in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) And they destroyed the Romulans' home planet. And so suddenly they had to absolute scramble to basically take out that entire section of the game. Or that they had to to scramble to take out basically the entire culture out of the game itself. And so it launched in a very kind of awkward state where everyone's like, well, where's, you know, there's not a bunch of content. And they're like, yeah, well, um, it was. yeah, they <laughs> blow it up. Anyway, that's an exact, yeah, that's an excellent example of, yeah, the force is just beyond your control that like, uh, uh, don't always like you like, aren't always ideal for what the story you wanted to tell, or you'll write something and you've, put your heart and soul into it and they'll be like well the last product had that theme in it and we don't want to deal with that theme and so so please change that and it's like ah oh. i but you learn or at least i've learned to i have i have 
folders where I just throw things that have been deep six that I will, you know, lines or characters or whatever that I will save for later. You know, trying to be timely, I know not all of TSW's Halloween missions have made it into SWL yet, but did you contribute to any that are your favorites? Oh, man. Um... Let's see. I, I, I remember you being super excited about the um the homage to scary stories. I just don't remember oh, yes. how much you contributed. Oh, scary yes. stories. Yeah, yeah uh, that one. So I wrote a lot for that yet. one. Yeah, I wrote a lot for that one. Um, I wrote a lot for the missions for it, and then I wrote several of the stories. Joel wrote some of the stories. And then, yeah, we got an artist to do uh uh, um, art that was definitely like an homage to that kind of cover, which yeah, yes, I love that. Beautiful. I can uh, I can look over to my bookshelf in my office right now, actually, and there is a scary stories to tell in the dark, uh, uh, the, like the compendium edition that has all of them in it. I Ugh. yes, I oh. have one of those too. It's yes. like the sparkly one, and it has the original um, illustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw did very well with that. I saw a few years ago they released an edition with like all new, less scary art. Yes, yeah. and I was and horrified I was, in a bad way because they were not yeah. as scary. Right, exactly. It's like I, you know, I I respect people that aren't afraid to scare children a little bit. Yeah, put some put some good wrinkles in the brain. Yeah, because I remember those original the artwork for that was just mind boggling. Like this is for kids. Like this is awesome. Right, <laughs> amazing. Well, it's funny we, it, we well, have it. Still we love is it. Amazing. Yeah, like we have that stuff, or, or every generation will have something like that that scared them, or this, that, yeah. And, and then they grow up and they forget, like you know, how tough they were as kids. Like, and they'll like, and they'll see something, and be like, kids can't handle this, and, and <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, kids can handle scares. I think prolonged anxiety isn't good for a kid, but like individual fantastical scares, uh, I, I think tend to be good. I think Neil Gaiman was interviewed one time because he writes a lot of scary children's yep. stuff and he's like well i think it's too scary for adults but it's just scary enough for the kids <laughs> yeah there you go like, i like uh, it yeah, you would get people mm-hmm. telling because uh his book Coraline uh had yep i figured it was yep. loving that one yeah well he says kids will read it and they will be scared but they'll be along for the ride and they'll go through it but the kids know that the you know, protagonist is going to somehow make it through or things are going to be okay. Whereas an adult reads it, and the adult's seen a little more of the world and they'll be up at three in the morning like, oh my God, this is terrifying. So basically since kids bounce back a little better from the horror? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess kids... That they can enjoy yeah. it Well, kids will like do things... Kids have great tools to process it. Like I can think of when I was a kid, I was not allowed to watch slasher movies. My my parents weren't that strict. I could like my my dad liked movies, so like he would sit me down to watch Aliens with him, well before maybe I should have. But like they didn't. There was something about slasher movies, anything like that. So, but it actually kind of worked out because slasher movies, I would, I, I got secondhand from other kids. Like they would tell me about the things that the, the, the scenes they snuck and saw, and it built this whole slasher mythology in my head. Uh, that was kind of, uh, and, and I'd add to it by, you know, anytime going to the video store, like looking at the backs of the boxes and just a little bit of text and images there. Um, and then, you know, my child imagination building up more and they 
scared the crap out of me. But I remember we played a game, and I don't know if we ever formally called it something, but if it was called something, it would have been called like Slasher, where one of us would wear like some kind of freaky mask and have some plastic weapons, and the, the others had to survive and bring that person down, you know, to whatever weird logic, uh, you know, uh, uh, blow them apart, bury the body, and put like a, you know, a crucifix on it. Or there'd be some weird rules to each yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some adults might look at that and be a little concerned, like, oh, my gosh. But, like, that was our way of processing it. It's, it's, in fact, it's a very, um, very primal way of uh, uh, going way back, of putting on a mask of something and becoming it. And you, uh, uh, you demystify it. You find a way to, to, to beat it. And then, we, and then we processed it. and We were okay. But when an adult's scared, an adult doesn't do that necessarily. Uh, um, I think luckily adults maybe have some more gaming tools to do that these days, but, uh, um, but like an adult will ask questions like, what does this say about me? Well, you know, they'll, 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 yeah. they'll, they'll fritter at it instead of uh, play with it. I wasn't allowed to read technically wasn't allowed to read anything scary when I was a kid. Um, I dug stuff up sometimes. And then at one point, my, my dear mother misremembered the shining. And she said, well, if you're going to read a Stephen King, then read The Shining, because I remember it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, a huge portion of the book that I did not get as a child, but I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like, prolonged anxiety, if a kid is, like, anxious about being around yeah. a person or this or that, that will, you know, cause problems and things. But, yeah, like a fright, I don't know. That's that's different. All right. Sorry, I was Go just going to digress a little bit more and say, do you ever see something that you saw as a kid that scared the pants off you that you see it as an adult and you realize your imagination embroidered in things that were not even there? Oh, definitely. Or yeah, yeah. Or even not even just with with scary stuff, but just in general, like I'll remember how Transformers seems in my childhood memory. And then I watch like an original cartoon. I'm like, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> right. <laughs> which better. is why which is why I love the trailer for the uh, the game. Which one was it? The Fall of Cybertron? It has an epic, awesome trailer, uh, uh, and you could tell it was made by some fans because it looked. The trailer looked like how you remembered that as an adult right. from your child memory. Whereas when you go watch it again, you're like, "Good lord, was I eating paint chips?" <laughs> like, what the hell? Was I, why was this amazing? Yeah, well, how is this so good? How did I consider this so good? Uh, time, time will do that. Um, let's go ahead and open up a second key giveaway for four moons of madness let's go ahead and, and open that up for a second time to give away the second key that we have yep and you just type hashtag moons these keys were given to us by uh well we're given to we're given to me specifically by andy bendit so these are these are from from funcom directly they're legitimate keys exactly yes straight from the source no, no black market keys here <laughs> Well, that would, that, would, that would make it sound cool. <laughs> Andy stole them straight off. Yeah, Andy fence. may have yeah, done yeah. shady things Fun, to get them. We don't know about that. Funcom should really just tell you guys to pretend like they're black market keys. Yeah, <laughs> Funcom could pretend to be all affronted by it just to you know, drum up some, some interest here. Yeah, they fell off of the back of a van. Yeah, I you van. <laughs> yeah, where'd you get these keys from? These digital keys are all stained in blood. Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Which is a tough thing to do when they're digital. You really had to work at that. Why do they all end in 666? Don't worry about it. It's all good. 
Yeah, triple doesn't work. Sorry, Griff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was going to say something, but my triple was going off, so I didn't want you guys to have the background noise. <laughs> Bomber says these keys seem to have their IDs filed on. What? Bomber says these keys seem to have their IDs filed on. They're just half numbers. Yeah. Nice. Oh, just because it's popping in my head now, but going back to the, to the ARGs and that... Um, that tender ARG that, that led into uh, the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 game. Um, if someone wants a nice condensed version of what went on in that um, Nick Nocturne over at Nightmind on YouTube, yes. a pretty comprehensive yes. video breaking that down. Um, that was that was great for me because uh, there's an interview with me in there. So uh, Yes, I was, uh, uh, dude, I was so excited. I'm sorry, I just interrupted you, but I was so oh, excited because no. I've been following him for a while now because he does the creepy series and he does right, the right. ARGs. I'd watch some of his videos. One, and I'm like, oh my God, he's interviewing Josh. Yeah, someone I know is friends with him and, and, and recommended that. And yeah, that was really cool. Um uh, um, but yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's got some cool videos in general. He does some really cool deep dives into various rabbit holes of creepy things. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, that was that video was a godsend for me because that was the hardest project to describe to like non-gamer, like family members and stuff. Like, what are you working on now? And I'm like trying to ex- explain what an ARG is and what <laughs> I did in it. And now I can just point into the video. All right, go ahead and close the giveaway, and we'll draw our winner. <laughs> Legend of the Star says uh, Jimmy should play should play Moons of Madness using bananas. Um, <laughs> sorry, this made me think of because uh, because Jimmy has done that. He has well, played, yeah, I did <laughs> Ticket Roll. Yes, um, bananas of madness. Yeah. Congrats to Ben Competence. Ben Competence. Ben Competence. Um, I know you. I know you. How do I know you? Where do I know you? <laughs> I probably follow him on Twitter. Martian Tobe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do follow. I do totally <gasps> oh, follow you. Hey, oh, hey, Ben. Congrats. Yeah. Ben's got a great product on, um, uh, actually it was, uh, 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 we'll go into it some more, uh, uh, maybe later in, in, in this, this, this cast, but, uh, he, there's, so, um, for tabletop writing, one can now do some fun community content stuff on this website called drive through, uh, RPG, where you can do community content for existing IPs and, um, you get half of the money they get half of the money and you get to put your stuff out there but he's got a fun dungeons and dragons fifth ed uh dread uh, it's the dread domain for the clerics lucas the pieces for the water reclaimer are missing where are they uh, the, the, the reclaimer pieces are in their proper receptacles more specifically follow the color says yep dread domain cleric archetype yeah um so fear-based yeah. religions so I've been doing a bit of tabletop writing, uh, late, uh, amongst the other things, since 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 uh, since maybe some of you have last seen you in Secret World stuff, um, and uh, they've they've got a lot of great programs at uh, it's drive drive through T H R U um, uh, R P G, and there's some other sister sites connected with drive through fiction and some other things, and a lot of games, um, Dungeons and Dragons has it. You have to follow certain guidelines and stuff, but you can you can release your own 
um, content and sell it. And it's a great way to kind of, well, just spread your stuff uh, if you want to do that, if you want to try to make a little bit of money maybe, um, or even just getting your stuff out there to be noticed by uh, uh, other companies or something you can point to when you're uh, applying for different writing gigs and stuff, particularly uh, tabletop writing. But um, uh, Wizards does that with, it's called DMs Guild for Dungeons and Dragons. There's a whole slew of programs for the different like Vampire the Masquerade, World of Darkness stuff, um, the, the, the Connected Onyx Path, uh, Chronicles of Darkness stuff. But it's a great way to get one's foot in the door writing stuff. It's it's great for even established writers to go kind of put out projects that uh, they never got to do otherwise. That's amazing. I say we don't want to uh, to to <laughs> we don't want to ignore the the other author that we also have here yes. tonight. Um, she's been asking a couple of questions too. Uh, but uh, yeah, we don't want to take up the, the, the absolute lion's share of the time. But we have uh, Bloodwed Mallory also with us, and we have her on the show as well, specifically because she has a book uh, coming out tomorrow, which is the now her fourth novel, which is set in the secret world uh, from from a from a character's perspective. Basically, uh, the fourth book is called. Let me just bring it up. It's called Into the Inferno, an unofficial legend of the secret world, part of the unofficial legends of the secret world series, now book four. And uh, she just posted that it's up to 92 now, but the first book of the series, and uh, I'm blanking on that one. I'm reading it right now. I'm I'm still blanking on it. (laughs) (laughs) To start with love, yes. To Sir With Love, uh, if you go onto Amazon right now, you can find To Sir With Love by Bloodwed Mallory uh, for free. She said she's up to up to 92, up to 92 yeah. downloads. It just went, today is the first day, and it's, it's just until Monday, um, you know, because the first book was launched in October 2018, so I thought, I'll offer this one for free. 92, it's blowing me away. One day, I mean, it hasn't even been a... And as you know, what did I tell you, what, two and a half hours ago? It was 50? It was 50, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's up to 50, and then like an hour later, you're like, it's up to 75. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that's not big numbers for, you know, major authors doing major things, but I, I you know, as you know, have a real affection for the game and for the community and, and Scrib, like, <laughs> totally don't want to fangirl too badly here, but, you know... So it's just really exciting to me that people are seeing this. I mean, don't play the game in the hopes that they'll be exposed to the content. They'll think, what is this game? And come play with us. I mean, like, really, that's my goal. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think uh, I think it's really cool that, 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 that Funcom is cool with that. And, and that um, I really, uh, um, games like The Secret World, but particularly with the community in The Secret World, is just that it, the ideas we throw out there have generated lots of content from the players themselves, which I, I think is as it should be. The, the, the fiction should be like a dialogue back and forth, and it's it's really cool that it's continuing um, um, in that form. I've been having a great time, and I realized sort of over the process of writing that it's as much about for me because – and you know this. I don't, I'm not trying to say anything that, uh, to you, Scrope. I know you know this, that when you sit down and you start to really look at something – to, to figure it out, to write about it, to talk about it in ways that make sense in a fictional setting, 
you, you see things that you've passed by a thousand times. I mean, I've been playing this game since the original beta, and I, literally, I, you know, I'll, I'll give the example of Polaris. I walked in there the other day and saw the scene, you know, where you go to the cutscene and you're looking over at the, at the various um, cars that are laying there, and I looked up and I'm like, what the hell? When did this lighthouse get there? I, you know, <laughs> it's okay how many times I've done the Polaris. And, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what's happening here on this island? Why is this important? And it's, uh, you know, there's some scenes about that in, in Into the Inferno. Um, one in particular where I made a discovery about Hellrays that I had never seen before. I looked up and I was like, holy cow. So I don't want to spoil it for folks that read it. Um, but you'll you'll probably know it when you see it or read it. Are you talking about on Boss 5? Uh, on Boss 6. Really, I'm machine tyrant. Yep. I know there's something on the wall on boss five. I didn't spot that yet, but now I'm going to go have to. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, just in case you don't know, Jimmy has uh, one of his playthroughs of the game that he has. One of his characters uh, only plays the game entirely in first person view. Yeah. I have Specifically, to tell you, I do a lot of that myself while I'm while I'm yeah. researching. Right. Mm-hmm. As I specifically so that you could see all these tiny little details that you might not see yeah. when you're in third person over I did, the shoulder. I did a 100, 100% playthrough in first person mode. Uh, and then I also did a 100% playthrough in no UI mode with all the interactable lines turned off. Nice. Which is when I found out that Eblis is effect in uh, Hell Eternal. Um, isn't just reticles on the ground. There's sky effects that no one has ever seen because no one looks up. Oh, right? Because wow. everyone's looking down for the, for the attack, yeah. I but, always, when, I'm, when I'm playing, I say that to people. Look up right now. Get out of the reticles first. <laughs> if you're going to die, it's okay. Just look up and at least see it once. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome, actually. That's an awesome graphic. I mean, at this point, I'm over, I'm over 11,000 hours between The Secret World and Zero Legends. And for probably, I don't know, 10 of that, I'd never seen that sky effect on Alice. So you trip across something? So, all right, so I got one for you. So I was literally trying to figure out how to put this in the book, but I could not figure out. I think it's an Easter egg. When you're out in uh, Red Oak Beach and you walk past the edge of the beach towards the lair, there is a uh, drawn and quartered incubus on the side of the beach and there's a and there's a sword stabbed into the ground and if you played out the mission to Helenbach, then you get um you get the the uh the stuff to crack what the demonic runes are and there mm-hmm. is a message on the side of those damn swords and i like literally consulted everybody that i knew that spoke any latin in hopes of trying to figure out what the hell it was <laughs> and, I, and I've got some, you know, I've got, I had some interesting things that I found, like it sort of makes sense. Um, but, you know, if anybody out there knows the answer to that, I want. Oh, I was going to say, you didn't actually get an answer yet? No, like I said, I, oh. I would have used it in the book if I could have figured out exactly what it meant. Um, but I went through and I translated them all and I, like I said, played around with Latin dictionaries online, consulted people that had, you know, master's degrees, in, you, know, uh, you know, in dead languages. And we could never definitively put our finger on what it meant. And I'm certain, you know, given given um, 
given the worldview that everything is true and nothing in that game is random, that somebody knows what. Someone, maybe. You would think so, yeah. You would hope so. So I'm thinking Bomber now is going to pick up that challenge, right, Bomber? <laughs> this isn't any ring any bells, is it, uh, Scrivenomancer? <laughs> Also, I mean, Vomer might not even be here because last I checked, they were trying to fly to Mars with their well, amazing he, wings. He's given me some pointy eyeballs in chat, so maybe. Okay, okay, okay. You have not flown away yet. That's good to know. You listen to Insane. But any rate, the... The book, this book is, um, you know, I, I got a lot of comments from folks like, well, that's great. You're writing a Templar thing in already, but, but when are you going to write a, a dragon thing? <laughs> and so this was an opportunity to sort of write a side story to the main, you know, the main story theme and talk about hell and put all those pieces together to try and dig into the lore. Thank you, Scriv, because there's a lot of really great stuff there that if you don't ever read that and think about it, you just totally miss like, Duh, machine tyrant, Kerberos. Okay. And, um, you know, it was it was great to put that narrative together and to look at things like, um, you know, the, the rifts on Oak Island and say, oh, okay, so this is a demonic rift. How do you actually close a demonic rift in real life if you don't have an F button? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a Staples Easy button. Right. So, you know, that comes back to that whole thing like, ah, how am I going to write about this in a way that makes sense? You know, what would I actually do if I were there and I, you know, had to use magic to close these? What what kind of magic, you know, combats, um, you know, evil flame or evil fire? I was like, aha, I know what the answer is. Yeah, I've run into yeah, I've run into similar things doing fiction for uh, tabletop products where it's like, wait, how would the character actually describe this if they don't have the same lexicon that the player has to to to, to easily categorize these powers and things? Exactly, and it's been great. There's some of the weapon systems, you know, you made me think of that immediately. That it's really fun. Like I had a great time describing chaos and what might be going on um, for chaos magic in the background, blood. You know, my um, I had a reader tell me earlier today, like, what does she actually do to make the blood work? And I'm like, do I have to really spell it out that she bleeds on things? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, guys, a I'm about to pull a lever in the game. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Oh, should, <laughs> I, should I break away? So not spoil or. It's in the trailer. So it should be fine. If you've seen the trailers for the game, you've seen this. Man, I've I've even avoided the trailers to be honest. <laughs> well, what I can do is I can switch over to. But it's okay because um, I'm not watching, so it's Blood all good. Red's, um, <laughs> uh, thingy, like that. Now, apparently, this this whole thing is that was actually the new trailer. I didn't know that. I hadn't seen anyone. Like the I'm gonna do something sequence. right now. Um. Just on the off day. I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to draw the the winner for the t-shirt. For the Moons Ooh. of Madness t-shirt. I'm using a website called uh, competitionagency.com. I hope this isn't like going to hack our account. Uh, competitionagency.com <laughs> oh, no. slash tweet draw. 
because I want to make it at least as official as possible. I linked to it. I, I pulled the drawing <laughs> just, just to make sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I pulled the drawing just to make sure that the person was following us and made sure I, I verified all that first. And just so happens, the person who I drew is in our chat tonight. At least I think they are. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, the winner of the of the Moons of Madness t-shirt goes to Toph Monster. Congratulations. Who I'm pretty sure is Toph underscore ID in our chat right now. (laughs) Yep. I'm pretty sure that's you. Are you just just to just to just to confirm, Toph ID, are you at Toph Monster on Twitter? I love when people make their names similar. Makes it much easier. I was actually really hoping that that'd be yes, that's you. Congratulations, Toph. You have won the Moons of Madness T-shirt that was that was uh, actually given to me by um, his name is uh, he's a Twitch streamer. He goes by Gravity Forty Two on uh, on oh, look, he's here on Twitch, chat. and he just joined the chat. Gravity. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> hey, Gravity! I'm giving away the T-shirt that you that you sent to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> <laughs> now that was some good timing. No, Gravity Gravity is an awesome streamer. Yes, go follow Gravity. He's the one that he's the one that went out to TwitchCon. He got the T-shirt. He uh, he shipped me the T-shirt. He's amazing. Uh, I don't know if he knows about Secret World or plays Secret World or anything of that variety. I keep trying to convince him to play it. Um, hopefully he well, does d- d- someday. D- go play it. <laughs> go play it. And he met Andy, and he said Andy was awesome. Um, but he sent me the shirt. But yes, uh, I just pulled Toph ID. I'm going to be hope Toph. Can you just quickly tell me where do you live? What uh, what what part of where? Yeah, where just where do you live? On, on the planet. Of <laughs> that, United... that sounds so. And your credit card like number. That. You mean like in general? <laughs> right? Oh, right. Also, your pin. Your yeah. pin would be nice. Oh, Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be nice. Okay. All right. We we will make this happen. We will make this happen. <laughs> I keep dying getting lost I'm shipping it from the eastern coast United States so we could do this we could do this it may take like a while to get there but the shirt is going to have an adventure it will yes. <laughs> it yes. absolutely will hopefully it's not uh, confiscated by anybody along the way um, so yes uh, Toph um I'm going to just say hi to you in chat. And while we're doing that, I'll go ahead and play the... Uh... There you go. So, yes, go ahead and send send me your address to start, and we'll uh, we'll figure all this out. The shirt will have gone from South Carolina to Los Angeles <laughs> I'm to sorry, New Jersey. Bryn, I just I'm sorry, Indiana Bryn, Jones. Bryn, Bryn, <laughs> I, 
Bryn on here. I died falling earlier in Moons of Madness because TSW SWL has taken away my respect of gravity. Oh That's man, I think I think someone is playing the long <laughs> game on trolling players with that. <laughs> I you can, you, you have fall damage in uh, Moons of Madness. Yes, that's gonna mess me up too. I won't lie; it will mess me up too. I mean, I'm sure if you eat one of those breakfast bars too fast, you'll die. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. We'll make we'll make sure that gets out to you. Um, I'll make sure that it gets out to you. It's, I'm doing it personally, so congratulations! And again, uh, go give a follow to Gravity42 who made the shirt possible. Gravity's awesome. Um. Just throwing that out there. Lucas, Commander Wilcox. I've got to warn you. So, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, yes, Bloodwed. Um, anything you want to point out about Into the Inferno? Which, as we point out, is currently in pre-order. It's uh, currently in pre-order on Amazon for a uh, Kindle version, $4.99. Uh, so go and, go and pick that up. Uh, and it comes out, it releases tomorrow, is what it told me. That is correct. And tomorrow probably means four hours from now, depending on where you're located. Four hours maybe from where I'm located. But, um, yeah, the um, paperback should be right on its heels, too. I was uh, I was telling Ocho earlier that, you know, there's weirdness with the Amazon interface that I can't line them up to both release at exactly the same moment. So I have to try to you know structure it so that uh, the paperback will be released more or less the same time so um if you're interested in in uh in a you know a physical copy you can get it that way um i'm looking at the screen where ember has uh the prologue from into the inferno did you want to listen to that we can go ahead and do that yes so this is i'll you know back to the whole the whole bit about you know how do you make something that is canon into something that becomes um, part of a, of a narrative that is intended to be in parallel to canon, but not canon. So the prologue is, is from the, the perspective of Recursia, and she's contemplating the state of, you know, Shoal or <clears throat> the city of Dis um, prior to the arrival of our adventurers. So um, hopefully you'll forgive my, my, you know, bedroom voice on parts of this. The interloper had been subdued, silenced so he could no longer preach to hungry ears about a once great civilization full of wonders, subjugated, so he could no longer create discord and confusion with his lies. All was in readiness. What remained of his humanity would fuel their escape. But when I hoped for good, evil came, and when I waited for light, darkness came. A stray thought caught at her resolve. Why long to escape this chasm of pain when its taste was so delicious? Would the next world offer greater delights? It must, she decided. The light of Shoal had grown dim out of the sight of the still immaculate machine. The dimension beyond had beckoned so enticingly. They rebuilt their own infernal machine, from cogs, engines, sinew, and viscera 
they could scavenge or seize to slake their unfulfilled desire for life. In that, she chuckled to herself, the interloper had not failed to inspire. My lyre is turned to mourning, and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. Recursia surveyed the landscape around her, her leathery wings rubbing up against her naked legs in anticipation. Tattered, blood-red banners waved from the ramparts of the battlefield. Its boundaries were lined with rusted cogs, remnants from the massive engines that had powered Shoal's former glory. The ancient infernal machine, itself a testimony to a previous age, had been rebuilt and towered before them, a lighthouse awaiting its beacon. Likewise, the massive three-headed dog, fused from the broken engines and corpses of her eunuchs, stood at the ready, a vicious tyrant to guard the infernal machine. It shrieked in rage, and a thousand thousand voices joined in, creating a new song from the clamorous din of sorrow and grief. It was a song learned from the chime of soundless bells and the beats of furious drums, rung and pounded by fools. The interloper was caught and now their beacon had a battery. And we're back. So, um, did that did that work? Nice. It it worked if you turned up the Twitch channel. I could yeah. I had to I could hear it just fine once I turned up my speaker so I could hear the Twitch. Good I, I uh, good reading. Have you done have you done any uh Fiction podcast stuff? I I haven't. I talk okay. for a living, though. Okay, I feel like I feel like I've heard you reading something like on Pseudopod or Escape Pod or something. <laughs> just just uh, just talking on conference. Well, so well, I don't know if you heard that. I was okay. putting, I was busy putting my push to talk key in chat. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the. That isn't she doesn't she isn't the main narrator of the story, and I hope folks will you know people have a tendency to either love or hate those kinds of prologues, but I felt like it was too important to kind of you know give the demon's perspective, if you will yeah, I liked it thank you and good Bible quote references I have to say, you're you're to you're to blame. For those, because those are your. Oh, I like it even better. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good, and uh, yeah, it was good reading. I've, I, uh, it, it was just sticking out to me because I've been I've been fiddling with with more uh, recording audio fiction stuff, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, that was that was good. Thank you. I you know I was I was telling um, I don't know if you were on at that point or not. I was telling Ocho that I was in the studio actually recording. Um, my audiobook for to serve with love which i have to say if you're going to record your own audiobook don't give your characters a heavy scottish accent unless you're <laughs> <laughs> so um and i had was so excited because i'd just written that scene and i came in and i and i you know i said to my engineer look i want to read this today and he's like what are you going to use that for and i'm like i don't know i don't care <laughs> i just want to read and hollow agrees i'm going to make him read all the scottish parts he can he can <laughs> possess her in the book um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this. It it kind of plays into my broader scheme, which is this was never to was never intended to be a bunch of Templar stories. It was intended to be a bunch of stories from character perspectives about you know the world of the secret world and um, 
and to you know tell not try to retell the the story mission the main story mission but rather to try to you know tell the stories around that and to where I could unpack the lore and the other pieces and kind of put them into a narrative for the people like me that played it for years and never actually got all those details. And, you know, I have, I have differing opinions depending on the day of the week, whether or not I'm successful at that, but I am certainly having fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> my, my opinion of my stuff defers day to day, hour to hour, really. Yeah, sometimes it's like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. And then my editor says, no one's going to get this. And besides that, no 18-year-old would ever say this. So we're moving it. And I'm like, oh, back to your you know, ideas about not getting it too, too attached to some things because they just can't stay. Yes, you have to kill your darlings. <laughs> and the story is better if you do. I think I'm going to stop playing Moons here. Because I think entering the Cave of Madness might be... Is a turning point? A bridge too far? Yeah. Cave, Cave of Madness is pretty... Uh, uh, pretty different. I'm just going to quit to the menu and roll the credits. We can, we can stare at the lovely credits. Roll credits. <laughs> Alright, I respect that decision. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to be going too far where it's just like... I mean, the chase everything. scene... The chase scene, honestly, like... Someone was actually complaining about, like, the la the most recent trailer for the game is basically the chase scene. They've always shown the part where you throw the switch and the monster comes up. Like, a long... But the, I guess they That was one of the first it. ones, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so there's a whole chase scene, and I guess the most recent trailer had the whole chase scene that I, that I played. But... The Cave of Madness is like completely, completely different. Like, so I still want to. Yeah, you're pretty much getting into like the meat of the game. Mona Marshall did a voice on this. She's she's famed for being Kyle's mom in uh, South Park. And, uh, <laughs> well, she's, she's awesome. She did several voices, but one particular uh, uh, that we'll just say call the witch right now. It's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to uh, help direct on the, the, the recording session for that. And she I met her by her coming on and speaking to me in character. And it was terrifying instantly. <laughs> and I had a lot of parts where it was just kind of like the language devolves into like gibberish and, and Cthulian kind of speak and stuff. And I thought I was going to have to do a lot more direction with that. And she just came up with all this cosmically horrible stuff that just came out of her mouth. And it was amazing. It's awesome. And she thanked me for giving her a good character to bite into, so I was very proud of that. Ah, yeah, the voice, the voice the bits are, are really good. I, I, I did want to touch on, like, because uh, we talked a lot prior to the, to the you know, stream and, and uh, I think even since about, like, spoilers and stuff. I feel like this game is very different to talk about just because of... Um, the the fact that there's a lot of stuff you can't talk about if someone has played Secret World but hasn't played Moons. Right, right. Because there's things that a Secret World character could just, you know, oh, everyone like their knows brains that, but... would spoil that for them. Right, right. But it, right. if you're not a Secret World player, it doesn't mean literally anything to you. It's, it's a weird... I can't yeah. think of a game that's like that. 
It's where if you weird. where if you like basically don't know anything going into it, that it's sort of like you know it'll pass you by, but because you played the secret world, it's like it'll hit you that much harder. Well, yeah, it's because it's not it's not the thing. I remember I remember them. Okay, I will say I think they kind of did a a minor misstep in the marketing. They really needed to, to cross market this a little bit harder for Secret World because the way they talked about it at like conventions and stuff from the footage I saw at least was yeah, you don't have to know Secret World, which is true, but they were like Easter eggs in it. It's it's a lot more than an Easter egg. Like, I was expecting like, oh, okay, I'm in a Rochi and I'll find like a document here or there. There's it's it's firmly in the sequel universe, and it, it definitely smacks you about the head with it. But it only if you're a sequel player. If you're not, it's just, um, you know, a world is just a corporation, right? Right. And and that was, others... I was just saying, that, that's, yeah, that was one of the uh, things going into writing it was, like, making sure that, like, uh, it's kind of, yeah, one of the challenges was making sure that, um uh, uh, you 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 rewarded the people that knew the references, but you didn't penalize the people that didn't like it. If if there was some weird jargon or something that had to do with a reference to the secret world, well, it still makes sense. It's just this weird thing. You 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 just know that like down the Orochi rabbit hole, there's some weird occult shit going on, or, or this or that. But um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's striking kind of that balance. Which I you know I've had to write for a lot of IPs, so there's some practice there. Like even going back to my my novel for the world of darkness was I, I i specifically wanted a good entry point novel that would have references to the setting that fans would like but that someone who'd never been there what didn't feel like they were missing out on tons of things it's amazingly well layered that's, that's why i like it is amazing well layered i feel like this is why like when i go and play games myself that i will you know uh, if, if the game's like eight or nine of a series, like, you know, because nowadays, we have, you know, series just go on forever. But I'll still go back and I'll play, like, the originals, and I'll play up to those points. So I'm, like, you know, way behind on some series of games. But um, but I feel like you get so much more out of it, out of the, the out of the, the more that you play, out of the later games. Uh, so Legend of the Star here, um, they actually had a question way earlier in the show um, and they just repeated it, and I think this will be important even for people who, other than just legend, because there's people answering them in chat. Um, they are just getting into Transylvania, and they're wondering if they're going to catch all the references in Moon's Madness. Some. Look at some. I say probably uh, not as far as because. Once, uh, I guess, yeah, once Transylvania, Transylvania is when it really starts ramping up, and then Tokyo is where it just goes everywhere. And, um, yeah, there, there's a lot, lot of really good story that you're that you've got to look forward to. Yeah, specifically reference wise, like you, uh, you don't have to wait to play. I would think it's also interesting what? to just, uh, you know. If you're playing both, when you get to those parts in Secret World, you're going to be like, oh, man, that was in Moon. You'll just have it, like, backwards. Yeah, yeah. I think it should, yeah, it should hopefully work that way. It shouldn't be so much, like, big spoilers if you play Moons. And, I mean, um, there'll be things that make sense when you cross-context them. And, uh, and if you've played a bit of Secret World, you'll still have, like, the basic context of, you know, like, what a Rochi is and, and that sort of thing. 
Right. And like, uh, see what, when you, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to, to, to see like, um, but I feel like was even with Secret World, right? Like, you you have to play through it. I feel like at least a couple of times because there's straight up references in Someone Island that you will not understand until like Tokyo. That's true too. Yeah, there's stuff Carter says in In Smith Academy that you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. But then when you play through it like the second or third time. You're like, wait a minute. Uh huh. (laughs) Wait a minute. It is. It is freaking amazing, like that. So, so I I feel like I feel like the the game in general is very well layered. I gotta say, like when I first played the game, for whatever reason, I didn't process the morning light that much. Like I just didn't. I mean, they're, they're going back through it. They're they're everywhere. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But they were, I feel like they were kind of, I don't think it was just me. I feel like they were kind of low key. It was like, oh, yeah. there's like a hippie tent, some yeah, kind of yeah. weird thing. Yeah. I think the intent, yeah. I think the intent was always like, yeah, they're in the background and they're this and that, but there's these other flashier things going on. And then the further you go, you go, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Yes. These guys are everywhere. Yes. And you go back and you hit these specific points. Um, in the text in the game, and you're like, oh, oh, they actually told me about that thing way back then, and I didn't notice. It's very well done that way. I yeah. noticed in the writing credits there are actually two Joshuas, which means uh, uh, by the Joshua Compact, we had to we had to fight to the death. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil who won, but you're but you're talking to. <laughs> We're we're not sure Scriv actually won that one. That's uh that's part of part of the fun though. <laughs> Luckily I had a few of my horcruxes left. <laughs> or phylactery if you're into the Dungeons and Dragons terminology. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you would you would hurt yourself by by playing on you know moons before finishing Legends or something. Uh, that was certainly the intent, and hopefully it, it went through. But yeah, yeah, it was to not, yeah, not to give weird, not to give spoilers, but like cross context things that'll make sense regardless of the order you play it. And like, there's a lot of stuff that'll be like, well, I don't know what this, these things mean specifically, but luckily the 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 trope of the evil corporation with weirdness kind of at the center of it is, is strong enough that people kind of go, okay, that's what that is. And even in Cosmic Horror, there's references to all kinds of things that never really get explained because you only see glimpses of it. And, and a certain audio cue that I won't say any more than there's audio, but that was just... <laughs> that was great. Now I want to know the audio cue. See, I was, I was wondering if you would know it cause, because uh, you might not... <laughs> I might not. I really need to go through it and play through it all. Yeah, there's an audio cue, and then I died a bunch of times, so I had a, I got to hear it a bunch more times, and it was great every time. Chicken Stew said that cue was Craigasm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. But but yeah, like, why didn't I play it yet? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't sleep. I just chose to play the game. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I think it's, it's kind of interesting too, because if you play moons first and then go places, that's kind of interesting to me. Like, I wonder, you definitely will get both things, but you, but you'll come at it from like this other angle, other angle where like, Right, you'll get more. You'll get more of the slow burn of like how deep the Orochi rabbit hole goes. Whereas if you play Secret World, you kind of know already. So you get this experience okay. of, of very kind of Lovecraft Call of Cthulhu sort of like you know you, you go into it in this in this mundane context and things get weirder and weirder and weirder. And then oh my gosh, you see you get a really big glimpse down the rabbit hole, and then you go play the Secret World, and you go oh okay, now I go even further into it. And, on a level where I have more power to do something about it. Whereas you play the secret world, you've, you know, the depth of the rabbit hole, you know, about Orochi and this and that, but then you get to go and see a slice of life of what it really means kind of on, uh, not that the term's quite right, but street level uh, uh, of these sort of, uh, you know, all these, all these Orochi workers we've seen in various horrible States. uh, We get to see kind of the more um, myopic uh, 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 zoomed in view of, of one of them. Well, and that makes sense to me because that's something I always wondered about the park. Because I went into the park, I was already playing the Secret World, and I played the park, and then I actually, literally, immediately played the offshoot in TSW. Seven times old. It wrecked me, and I think I actually cried. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that was another mm-hmm. thing that I was wondering: like, if you don't have any of this backstory. Like, I felt like it would still be very good, and it wouldn't actually spoil game stuff. Right, right. Just, you had this extra level if you had that background. Did you say, Jimmy, didn't you say that you were watching some uh, some people here on Twitch play, uh, play the park, and that they were just kind of like, oh, they're going through it, just kind of like, you know, kind of yeah. happily, what? just kind of like, you know, oh kind of rushing goodness. through it, not I really paying so attention. I like that. I can't, I can't even watch them. I, not, I, like, I can't watch them. <laughs> my wife likes to watch uh like youtube you know uh things of like people playing different like horror games she doesn't like playing horror games for some reason but she likes to, to see people play through them uh and she happens like i know the park i know secret world she had no idea she's just watching and i'm like wait that's the park and it's like three people uh together like streaming and they're all like you know laughing and making jokes and playing and they get to the end and right up until the end, they're like not really reading everything as close as they probably should. They're goofing around, and then the end happens, and they're just like, "What? No, what? No!" They were completely unprepared, and like uh, you could tell, it kind of like took them off guard. They were clearly not playing through it in the uh, the right the right uh, mindset. Mindset, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. it was kind of funny. I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like going through a, a haunted uh, um, attraction uh, uh, during October, say. Um, people, you know, horror is kind of a, a an agreement. Like like you agree to go in and because uh, because you know, short of someone actually threatening you, you know, how scary can that kind of a thing be? But uh, the, the people that get the most out of the haunted house uh, attraction are the ones that go and go. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let myself delve into this. Yeah, uh, we, but the park is not nice to you if you go into it, Cavalier. That's true. That ending kicks you in the nuts no matter what. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. This, like, this was interesting. This, to this, see. this this wasn't a theme park simulator. 
just that whole ending, just that whole second part of the park, just just wrecks you just further and further it as does. you go. Well, I mean, they literally weren't prepared up until the last stroke, <laughs> and that's when that's when like that's reality when like said, yeah. So it was a it was a very hard knock. Well, I remember um, on BTV, we were talking to Joel about that, and he had consulted with his wife, who is, I forget if she's a psychologist or a psychiatrist, one of the two, Um, but he had her input on that. So, like, they were really working to make it legit, and, and, and yeah. Okay, um... Since we're talking about the park, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there right now. Part of the the ARG that's been going on the um, the Moons of Madness ARG at uh, CyranoStory.com. Heavily go check it out. But uh, I ended up with an extra the park key, and I feel like we can give that away right now. Ooh. So if anyone has not played the park yet, I mean we'll probably still have the same moons. Yes. yes. <laughs> so even though it's for the park, go ahead and enter uh, <laughs> hashtag moons in chat <laughs> if you want the park. Uh, and uh, I can get you out a key to the park as well. I don't know how many people are actually going to enter this one just because who hasn't really played the park by now. But um... there you oh, go. You, yes, got, you got at least one. We got right. at least one. At least before, one. Okay. All right. Before I forget. Uh... Scrib, you were talking about the the balance between like the normal incorporation and then the crazy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say like playing Moons. I don't. I I haven't played a game since the first Fear game that so well balanced the normal amount of stuff versus the like batshit crazy amount of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I think the game designers did a great job on that, and and the way they they, they, they built the, uh, the the ramping up tension of that. Um, uh, uh, on the writing side, it was kind of a mix of that because there would be I'd be writing the you know the weird cosmic core dripping kind of words of of madness and stuff, which which I, I like doing. And then I'll get the hard parts for me were like oh. I got to write the first page of a really comprehensive NDA agreement. So I, I read the whole stuff. thing on stream, word for word. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was painstaking. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's yeah, it's not just it's like it's just enough time that your mental state is like switched. You you spend enough time doing the the tasks, like people watching the playthrough earlier where like you're fixing the solar panels you're you spend enough time doing one thing that when the cosmic stuff happens it actually messes with you a little bit because you're not in that mindset yeah and it gives a few times where it gives a nice uh, palate cleanser between scares and stuff which um sometimes you can use humor to do that sometimes you can use a little bit of routine or something peaceful um uh, rather than maintaining the same horror tone forever which eventually kind of degrades and just kind of numbs yeah, like like you know, you got to solve a puzzle or you know figure out how to fix something. Your brain switches into that state, and then all of a sudden, a jump scare happens, and it's so much more effective because you're not in the I'm walking through a you know a, a haunted house mode. You know what I mean? Right. right. 
and and I like yeah, and that was one of the cool things about the the Mars kind of setting and and, and basically like the Martian. The Martian is a movie where you know it's all these kind of um, mundane dangers, but it's great because it gives you all these puzzles that the, this character has to solve. And I think that's why the novel and the movie are so engaging. So you get these breaks from the horror, but they're still engaging because if you have you know if someone's thirsty and the glass of water's across the room, they've got to figure out how to, you know like instantly you you, you want to know how they're going to solve that thing and. And the Mars stuff gives it kind of stakes, like like you got to figure out how to put power back into this, or the you know the station's going to go down, you're going to die. Um, so yeah, it gave nice, it gave nice, it lent itself to nice little bits in between the weird uh, uh, cosmic horror stuff to help give it kind of scope and a kind of palate cleanse between. Yeah, it was it was great. Like I said, the the only game I can even remotely compare it to that did that well is the first Fear game, because that one alternated from like a. Like a standard, like a military tech, like first person shooter, and then all of a sudden you turn a corner and the room's upside down and it's raining blood or something. They did, they did a, a, a good job, but that was decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But I mean, it's good, it stuck with me, but yeah, not, not since then have I felt something so balanced enough that like it literally puts you off kilter. So that was, that was amazing. Excellent. And they, uh, they they did the job designing it. We have a couple of questions, uh, by the way, uh, from chat. Chaucer uh, Dechar. I, I, I assume this is actually for... Bloodwed. For Bloodwed, yes. Will the dragon stories include the best character in the game, Bong Cha? I take issue with that statement. I so do I, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We all have, we all have our opinions. <laughs> So, and remember, um, you know, they start out, um, you know, this, the story starts out with, at least with Wed in the very first book, not even being uh, a member of the Templars yet. And so by the time we get to the fourth book, um, they're just now arriving in Savage Coast. And so Bong Cha is very, very visible in in the book. Um, she plays, she has some great scenes, actually. She was great fun to, to write because she, it's interesting, um, you know, from the dragon perspective at the start of the game, you're the only faction who can't actually have direct access to your handler whenever you want it. And, um, and so to, you know, remember back to my days of playing my dragon characters up and trying to, you know, going through and <clears throat> looking through videos online to try and get the right tone, the right movement um, to be able to describe her was great fun. And I hope I've done her justice. Right, the so winner we're... of the park was Leo Grimm? Yeah, <laughs> I love the question. I love the question mark in your voice. <laughs> no, it is. I don't know. Did he enter? Did he enter? <laughs> was, 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 the, was it not cleared? <laughs> no, Leo Grimm is I awesome. Can't... He hangs yeah. out. I, I, I mean, Leo Grimm is awesome. I just can't imagine he hasn't played the park. It's Leo Grimm. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Valid. Alright, so Leo, um is, I don't know if you're still I mean, in chat, is but... the um friggin oh. is the app you're using keeping the old Yeah, I was just keeping it open so I have the record of winners. I mean Um what I can do is go ahead clear it out and Alright, let me go ahead and do that. So Leo Grimm hasn't claimed it, so we'll move on to the next one.
I mean, we we love you, Leo. Don't get us wrong. Oh. Yes, we Leo's, do. Leo's amazing. Leo, actually, uh, just I'm going to point this out right now before we forget. Leo actually has an event in game going on. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I, I've won. Oh I'm my kidding. god! Rigged. Put the ring. It's so rigged. I'm going to have to give the key to yourself. Gravity can actually uh, attest to how often I win uh, things in prizes in in Twitch chat. It's a it's a thing. Um, I win prizes in his in his all the time. Uh, <laughs> we'll get this figured out. Chaucer, Chaucer has been. I know Chaucer entered for the park. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, they yes. Yes. There you go, Chaucer. Chaucer has won for the park. I'm gonna get you. Uh, gonna get you the. Uh, the park. That's that's a legit winner. There we go. There um, we go. Big Ocho, you if, claim if you ever win. get the chance, yes, pick it up. <laughs> yes, play it. You will enjoy it. And it's based in Savage Coast, so it it won't spoil. It you will understand it. So, and if and if Leo, if you don't actually, if you have never played the park, we will just get you a copy of the park. Don't worry about yeah. that. Um, yes. But Leo has a event coming up. I just want to point it, point this out. Leo has uh, the second Rosen Brawl Community Brawl, which if you haven't tried Rosen Brawl yet, uh, you are missing out. It is a lot of fun. It is fun. Um, but he posted on the forums. He says that uh, October twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, they will be having the second time a mass brawl in the Rosen Brawl with as many people as willing to join the fun. If you don't have an invite. Said last time we had no trouble with that, as many people went through the Rosenbrawl missions and had invites to give away, uh, keeping a chain going. Say additionally, he's used his power of staring menacingly, as they should have two guests to help with that during the event, but did not. <laughs> yeah, and but they, they should have two new guests to yeah. help out uh, on October twenty seventh. Um, it says October twenty seventh, two p.m. Eastern time. Which I believe is 8 p.m. CEST. Yeah, it's one hour back on Central. No, not Central. I'm no, talking about uh, Central European oh, Standard Time. Yeah, it should be plus six. I think it's plus six. So, because yeah. where Leo is uh, located in Austria. So, oh, I'm sorry if I outed you out there. Um,. <laughs> But it's, it'll be 8 p.m. Central European Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on the 27th, which is Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. Sun, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you haven't, uh, yeah, if you haven't had Rosenbrawl yet, look up Leo Grimm in game. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Go go play Rosenbrawl. And there is We've a participation shirt. If, if you looked at the post, I think he updated Yes, it's so a participant a... we have. Go ahead. There's going to be a participation. I believe it's the League of Monster Slayers shirt. The League of Monster Slayers t-shirt, yes. And maybe more. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, uh, Legend, did you hit level 50? You can hit level 50 by Sunday easy if you have. Uh, but yes, if you're level 50, you should be able to. And then also, um, Verd had something for script. A question. 
Did Andy and Nicole ever show you that I found a subconscious loss meme in Moons of Madness? No. A what? Andy, explain yourself wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just, you know, I saw the question. I figured I'd throw it since it was oh, asked. Wait, I have to... I have to grab a cracked mirror and go, okay, Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> Damn it. What is this, uh, what is this subconscious loss meme? I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't get the reference, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, I don't. They're, they're talking about the loss meme. That is a specific meme, and they're saying that they found it, and it may not have been intentional in the game. Oh. Now I'm going to have to look for it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up the meme first, of course. <laughs> I'm kind of amused that's, that's that I, I, I got to be the one to explain this. Yes, exactly, Bryn. It's a pretty old meme about a comic. Yes. Uh, Bryn, uh, Bryn also asks. He says, "Okay, so I have a weird question that I'm going to try to avoid spoilers for." Does the things that happen at the end of Moon necessarily? what it appears or could we assume certain characters that are implied no longer living could still be alive in secret world legends um yes possibly <laughs> also i actually this is a question a good question for you can you nail down the exact time frame i, I don't remember if it says oh yeah I know a lot of the years because you read a lot of stuff going through. If you read all the computers, like this person graduated here this time, so you kind of get an idea of where. But is there an actual year date? Um, I'm not sure. When I was working on it, we were keeping it kind of vague, but I don't know with some of the story changes if they ended up putting like a more specific like it's at this point in the Secret World plot or not. I think at Why least not? Andy said it's in the future, but not, like, too far in the future, but not... It's at least, like, 40, 50 yeah. years. Yeah. from Just from the dates that I saw online, you know, so-and-so graduated with a degree from, you know, where, wherever at, in this year. Okay, and, and Secret World assume... itself is supposed to take place in, what, 2012? Something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, sort something of, like yeah. that. Sort, yeah, sort of vaguely. Gets, yeah, that gets tricky with the, the MMOs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. It sounds like it sounds like they they gave it a more specific time frame then. Yeah, so we said twenty fifty five, twenty fifty six ish, somewhere. There. But there's enough there's enough other dates of stuff that you know that is happened before you are where you are that like you can kind of at least guesstimate. You're past a certain. I mean, you're well past secret where we're at now. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay, yeah. That sounds like they 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 put a more solid tag on that for that. Cool. All right, let's go ahead and give away the the last key that we have. The last Moons of Madness and key. This has all been cleared out. Okay. <laughs> so no more than the shenanigans. So yeah, so go ahead and enter hashtag moons in chat now. We're giving away the third and final key that we have to Moons of Madness. 
which uh, has, has, from all intents and purposes, is showing to be an amazing, an amazing experience. What I'm hoping is enough people play the game and march to their planetariums and demand that the moons circling uh, Mars be shot down immediately. Is, is Toph allowed? <laughs> yes, Toph, you are, you are allowed to enter this as well. No, 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 Toph, sorry. Uh, you won something, so you, you're disqualified. <laughs> that, that's actually pretty funny, too. I, I think you only should only get that if you played the game, but that's pretty funny. I mean, Toph's getting the t-shirt, the but... Uh... I mean, there, there are moons of madness, so they can't be good. Yes. I mean, if yeah, you just look right. at the yeah. pictures... If you look at the pictures and the, 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 the mythological references and the names of the actual moons of Mars, I mean, they just look lumpy and yeah. untrustworthy. They're <laughs> and they're named after what fear and panic. Yeah. Oh, my two favorite people. You know, I, I said that and I live five minutes away from a planetarium. I think I know what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Nice. nice. Oh I need to take my kids. Time. They're they're in planet mode right now. My my four year old can name all the dwarf planets as well as the regular. Oof. I think nice. he starts to do them in size order now. Okay. <laughs> he was watching he YouTube videos. Now he's just showing off. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was explaining something about this last week. Yeah. No, like like legitimately, he'll find like a YouTube video that's like showing like all the planetary stuff like in size order and just sort of goes through it with like some background music. So he's just like memorizing it or something. I don't know. They even have, they even have a song. One of those weirdos that's like Pluto is still a planet, and no, no. I has a song, and the song ends with it has it has all the planets that the song said, and not Pluto. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm in I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the Pluto is no Pluto Pluto's not a planet. Sorry, it's it's a, a dwarf it's planet. A dwarf planet. No. It is indeed a dwarf planet. It can be a dwarf planet. That is totally fine. And he can name you all the other dwarf planets. <laughs> I did reports on Pluto when I was a kid because it was my favorite planet. There's a Rick and Morty episode about well, it's still a, Ted, it's still a dwarf I, planet. I know there is. I am aware. <laughs> Along with Eris Ted and... Cannon for real life. <laughs> all the other dwarf planets, there's a bunch of them. I know. It's okay. I know. And Neil deGrasse Tyson continues getting heat for that, too. Did we wonder how much <laughs> right? Neil deGrasse Tyson was going to, to come into play Moons of Madness and be like, well, you know, this is wrong. Oh, It's Mars. There yeah, shouldn't be just, tentacles everywhere. Let's just not have him play. No. <laughs> he, uh, he's actually one of the masks of Narlat Hotep. Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's, I, that's canon. Mm. Nice. I knew it. Clip, save. <laughs> and um, I, there, there's contention amongst uh, 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 Lovecraft geeks, but I say Nyarlathotep instead of Nyarlathotep. But like mm. the harder T, the harder T. Yeah, yeah, because I because I think Hotep is meant to be its own thing. So. Oh my! You can't say Hotep. I think Bubba Hotep. Right. Well, okay. Well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a reason to to, to conceal it. <laughs> Bubba Hotep's amazing. That is an amazing movie. Oh, I remember so, that one. I I I should lie, but I can't. I remember it. So, Scrib, since we have you uh, on the show, is there anything that you wanted to help promote, uh, or is there anything that you wanted to promote specifically? Since we have you here, and 
we, we love that you're on the show and we'll... let's see what have i worked on that some of you since the last time i've been around some of you guys um uh let's see just going down the list uh i did work briefly on assassin's creed odyssey um, oh okay all right really briefly i don't want to overstate my uh my my contribution to that but um specifically on the um uh, medusa section and the uh the young doomed um, romance on that island. Uh, um, I, I worked, as I said, on that that, that tender ARG. Um, what else? I my short state my my short story, the Five Hundred Days of Misbetween, which is a uh, Cthulhu Mythos story, um, which is in um, tomorrow's Cthulhu anthology. That was. Um, a few months back, that showed up on the Drabblecast B-Sides, which is a podcast. There's an audio production of that. Um, let's see. Of course, I've worked on Moons of Madness. Uh, I've done some recent tabletop game writing for um, Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. That, awesome. Uh, not the, the stuff I did is not out yet. That'll be the Chicago Folios, which is uh, uh, kind of a, a supplemental source book to the Chicago by Nights book that's out. And you were just at a convention in Chicago? I was. I went up and uh, uh, the first of what I guess will be many uh, uh, steampunk expos. Um, uh, um, um, uh, my partner up there, she and a friend were running the gothic track of that. So I went up there and dressed as a, a grave tender, as a sexton, and uh, read um, gothic horror stories to an audience. Wow. That's amazing. I was and very buzzed on absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like you were flicking off the uh, camera person. Oh right, right. But that was just yes. me. That was just me holding my uh, my lantern, my my grave tent, my, my, my sexton lantern. Hey, if, lantern. If anyone's allowed to flip off the camera, it's Scrib. Um, yeah, that's okay. And then I right. I did a presentation on grave robbers in the seventeen and eighteen hundreds, or no, seven. I'm sorry, seventeenth and eighteenth century. I say our third winner is Bloodwed. Yay! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. I Congratulations. I've been avoiding this to, to be focused on, uh, you know, getting into the inferno out the door, and I'm totally psyched. Uh, so I, I, said, I said before the show um, that, uh, that because these keys came from, from Andy directly, that I wouldn't mind if, if any of our own staff went ahead and, uh, and entered any of the contests or anything like that, because... Well, you know, we all we all buy games. We all, you know, they don't just hand them to us either. So, um, so I said, yes, if you know, if Griff wanted to enter, or if um, Ember wanted to enter, or if you know, if anyone wanted to enter, they could, they could, and that was, I think, perfectly okay. Just not Jimmy, because <laughs> you already have it, right? And I already have it. You too, already so. have it, and you already yeah. beat it, dude. Yeah, I go back in because I missed an achievement. Because apparently, I didn't die to something. Oh, also, also back to Scriv though, and promoting things. Um, question: Is your Patreon back up and running yet, or not quite yet? Next week, actually. Um, oh, okay. That was what there will be a new um, um, text story next week, and then a little after that, a uh, new new audio story. Excellent, uh, wonderful. So I you can go there. I do. Going to get that going again. Yeah, yeah. my apologies to to, my, to to Patreon followers that that kind of fell by the wayside as I've scrambled with the freelance stuff. Um, but really, that should be at the forefront of my freelance stuff. So I'm uh, yes uh, pumping some like... more stories into that. Um, but yeah, it's at um, 
Joshua Deach, D-O-E-T-S-C-H at, uh, at, at Patreon. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's short micro uh, weird fiction, uh, horror stuff, other stuff. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna do some, I'm gonna do some stories where I'll let certain tiers, uh, vote on which genres to mix up for a random story, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, I've got a bunch of audio stories to catch up on of the existing text stories, but, um, uh, one of the ones that I actually read at that, uh, Gothic X or at the, um, steampunk expo, uh, will, will, will show up in audio form. Um, yeah, that should be coming up next week. You have a question so from Ver. Glad you have that going again. Uh, he says, describe strangeness in proportion to death cutie boogaloo lamp. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that recently. I might. So I've been doing a bit, bit of writing for the Onyx Path people um, who do a lot of the, the, the White Wolf properties. Uh, the, they license out a lot of the White Wolf properties. The whole White Wolf thing is a little more complicated, but uh, they're, they're owned by Paradox now. Um, but uh, they would be a start to go to as far as like talking to who I would need to talk to about doing a new story with those characters. And I had some thoughts recently on that. I also have another novel that I'm going to be, it's kind of partially written. It might be more of a novella, but it's a, it's actually a Cthulhu mythos thing that I'm going to be pitching in the next week or so to some, to some folk uh, that I think will probably go through. I think it'll pop up in some form. Um uh, what else? I've also done some tabletop writing in D and D, not not at Wizards of the Coast, but um, uh, at Onyx Path. They Ooh. have a, a a third party setting called um, Scarred Lands, and I did some writing on that recently. Uh, that should be coming up. And Scarred Lands is it, they've updated it to fifth edition D and D rules, but it's sort of Greek mythology uh, shoved through some heavy metal, shoved through the Dungeons and Dragons rules. Okay. A lot of a lot, <laughs> a lot of vicious fun, but yeah, check that check that out. It's a fun setting to play in, um, and yeah, I'll probably be doing some more writing for that. I also have a story for. I don't know if you guys have heard of the tabletop game Pugmire. I have. It's uh, it's 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 sort of fifth edition D anD D rules. It's a yes, fantasy setting. Every yes. Are, Yes, but you're all anthropomorphic dogs, cats, and a few other animals. Few, yeah, that's like, right, yes. It's it's way in the future to where, who knows where humans went. That's kind of part of their mythology is figuring out what the heck happened to humans or what humans even were. Um, but now it's it's more kind of a fantasy setting where the magic may or may not just be leftover technology. Um, plastic is actually mined from the ground, and that's what's the, the currency, coins of plastic, uh, as well as building material. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a wacky setting that underneath that kind of funny... Uh, veneer there's 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 some more meaty themes about nostalgia and this and that um but um i did some writing for for their community content for for a book uh called morty corgi's scroll of mysteries i think uh which is a riff on mordenkainen from D. uh uh, uh, um but i also wrote a short story that a long time ago um that will finally pop up in their anthology tales of good dogs that doesn't have a release date yet but i think that's coming up real soon many 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 good doggos yes yeah uh, toff wants to know were you consulting with ragnar when you worked on the buzzing at all yes yeah um yeah ragnar took me out for a nice dinner uh, i was like <laughs> i don't know if that was the first time i met i'm sure i met him back in oslo because this would have been when i was in the montreal office but um, he came down 
to the Montreal office and uh, yeah, yeah, we had, we had, we had several meetings and then it was lots of emails back and forth. I gave him, it'd be interesting to go back and see, I'm sure I still have them. I gave him three different versions of what the lore might look like. And one of them was oh, the buzzing. I, yeah. Um, and that was the one, actually, I think Ragnar wasn't quite sure about that, but a different developer went to bat for that and said, no, this is what you want. Cause like at first I think Ragnar, you know, I don't, I think Ragnar hadn't read the full thing, but he had heard it. And it, you know, when you just hear it like, oh yeah, there's these weird mystical bees that are telling you what to do. And he thought, you know, it probably sounded like some Jiminy Cricket bullshit. <laughs> but, but a guy that had read through it all and had worked really close with me was like, no, no, you want this one. And, uh, and then afterwards he was like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, there was there was definitely back and forth um, on developing that. You can be a real boy. You just try <laughs> hard. Yeah, not quite. Not not exactly. I I feel like we've had that question before um, on the old show. Oh, possibly, possibly, yeah, maybe, yeah. probably. But it's been a long time. It has. it has. There's it lots has. of new people, thankfully, in uh, the world. Yes. I was saying that that is our hope primarily is that uh, the people go out and really enjoy Moons of Madness, and by enjoying Moons of Madness, that they will turn around and go, wait, but what is the Secret There's World no thing? And they'll go That's and right. check out Secret World, and then they'll go and play Secret World and be like, this is amazing. Never be uh, heard from again. Are there books that are also about this? And then they'll go online, they'll go on Amazon, and they'll find the books, and they'll they'll buy them, and that everyone, and that uh, the Secret World community will will grow and expand. They're that's just right, they're writing on walls with sharpies after that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the setting it'd be great if yeah the setting went on in various different platforms. Speaking of tabletop, I would love for there to be a tabletop. Secret world. A tabletop yeah. secret world? That would be awesome. Yeah. I think okay, I need to for, one, for one, that will be amazing, but I have to interrupt because we have someone in chat asking, there are TSW books out, and I think somebody here can talk yes! about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Zoom, how are you not paying attention to this? <laughs> There's four it's of a, them, actually, already. Bloodwet after you, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I would be happy to share the link with you. Yeah, we've, uh, I, I, boy, where even to start this? Uh, so <laughs> about a year ago, wait, no, about, about a year and a half, I was, um, I was finding myself with more energy and thought, you know what? I want to write a book and what am I going to write about? Write about what I know. Well, what do I know? I know secret world. Cause that's what I do all the time. So I wrote a story, um, that was you know, longer than a short story, but shorter probably than a traditional novel and got it done. I thought, okay, this is all right. And, um, and I thought, I wonder if Funcom would let me publish this because, you know, I really want people to be exposed to the secret world. And there's so many folks that won't see it in this particular medium, but maybe they'd read it in a book. And then maybe that would drive them to, you know, look at the game. So that's what I did. And I wrote Funcom a letter and said, look, um, uh, I wrote this book about your products and your IP, and would you ever consider let, letting me publish it? And they came back and said, "Why, yes." And um, so that's the that's the short story of how we got here. And I book four launches tomorrow. So let me just find the link, and I'll 
and I'll post it for you. Uh, asking if they're paperbacks. I got you. I got you. Okay. And indeed, there are paperbacks. It'd I was say, I'm, not, I'm not sure you're... <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to post links, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, But don't worry, we got you. We got you. Oh, okay. I thought it looked like... Yeah, I see. Dot, dot, dot. Very good. Yeah, so, um, yes, um, that one that, that Ocho posted actually is the one that isn't in paperback, but that's because it's the first three books. The Omnibus Edition, which has, yes, the first three books, that that is not in paperback, but each individual book is, if you go to their pages, uh, you can pick them up in paperback. With uh, the artwork of Hollow Point on the cover. Yes! Uh-huh. Indeed. In fact, he and I were just strategizing about the cover for book five today. Am I having sound problems, or did you hear that? No, I heard that. You, you Sometimes you cut out a little early, though. I'm clicking my push-to-talk button in every possible text um, window that I've got open, which is a lot of them. So my... Oh, no worries. But That's yeah, quite all right. You, if you go to that link that Ocho um, posted, you can um, go back to my author page, and you'll see all the books there, including the four that are will, as of tomorrow, be available in paperback. I'll just go ahead and post that one as well. So yes, go go check it out, and... Uh... I've been really slow to read them. I do apologize on that aspect. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, but what I have read of them has been has been really good, and uh, I really I, I heavily suggest them if you're a fan of the Secret World, just to go check them out and uh, and support support another player, support support someone who's creating for the Secret World. And we'll we'll try not to have you have giveaways that went horribly wrong last time. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, it was it was expensive shipping to Germany, so I, yeah. I feel sorry for you for Ukraine. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna feel you. Yeah, <laughs> we're both gonna end up in the same boat. It'll be okay. It's for the fans. It's for you guys. That's right. We do we do this all for you. For the love of you. Um. So, uh, I think. That uh, if anyone else has any questions, has any more questions, or has any uh, anything else they wanted to ask of Scrivenomancer or Bloodwed Mallory, um, speak now. I, I wish we could talk to you guys all night long. I really, really do. Yeah, it's but, fun. Uh, it's been fun to be back and talk yeah, about all this stuff uh, again. Yeah, I'm I'm totally excited as always to be here. So thanks for having. Me. I, I will say be- before we. Uh start to wrap things up. I, I did promise my, my wife I'd give her a shout out uh, because she was kind enough to to let me do this tonight, even though today is our 10-year anniversary. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, happy anniversary. Yours is a cool one. <laughs> yes. She's very amazing. And she... Yes. Uh, uh, a, a big shout out to Jimmy's wife. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
That is uh that that is uh that is totally a great one. I didn't realize until the last like I knew the I knew the anniversary date. I hadn't forgotten the anniversary. <laughs> but it was anniversary date versus we do this the cast every other Thursday. And it yes. just didn't dawn on me that like the Thursday was also the date. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So you're like, uh, what, you're like, what are the chances that the next show is going to be our in? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it happened to fall on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I was like, well, if we were really doing anything, it wouldn't be that big. But, you know, we have Bloodweb, we have Scrib, we have Moons, like. Oh. A lot going on, yeah. Yeah. So she was she was very nice. So just this we're, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna go, we're going to go uh, finally have a. Uh, a weekend off for her mom's gonna come watch the kids this weekend. It it'll, it'll oh, worked out. But... Very nice. Very nice. So, yeah. nice. so yes, so a, a, big, a big thank you to. Uh... Go ahead. I was a big big thank you to Mrs. Jimmy the Rabbit. <laughs> I was thinking you were gonna have rest of the month anniversary, Jimmy. That that, that you're gonna go <laughs> it was gonna be no. until the thirty. I mean, that would be that would be amazing. I suppose. But, I mean, I think this might be the second time we've gotten to go out since the first kid was born, like, six years ago. So, it doesn't happen all that often. I'm in the midst of feeling that, so yes. Yeah, you, you've, uh, you just got, you, how old is yours now? Uh, Baby Ocho is now two years old. He turned two in August. Yeah. So we're now entering the time when he's in complete parrot mode and... Just over the past week, he's decided that the term "Are you serious?" is now like his catchphrase, and now he just <laughs> says it. Like I was like, Are you uh, serious? "Yeah." Like I went for a walk today with him, and every time I was like, "Oh no, let's turn right here." He's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm serious." <laughs> Are you serious? You should say no. I'm kidding. I'm like you're two years old. Come, come on now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't I... want to break the mood, but we have a chat question that okay. is one yes. of my favorites. Squigbiz is asking personally, I'd love to have some insight on Scribb's infamous hat origin from the old TSW streams. Ah, uh, yes. I um... love the hat story. <laughs> so the hat exists, well, Jesus, exists in the game now, uh, the old streams, and even in my usual uh, uh, face shot artwork, like on Twitter. Um, uh, so the hat was a black leather top hat that I had, well, I still have, it's sitting right here, actually, um, uh, in my office. Um, and then um, if one goes to the Renaissance fairs in various places, often there is a, uh, uh, at least the ones I've been to, there's a booth for, I think it's called Gritchels, these sort of weird leather faces with eyes and stuff, and there's, they, they, yes. they, they, they build eyes into bags or patches or this or that, Fa or usually faces, like that's the full-size thing. They sell these like smaller eyes that you can get as like a medallion or as a patch to put on something. And I had this big eye that was a patch, and my mom sewed it for me onto my, uh, onto my leather hat, and um, it's amazing. It's, it's come in handy uh, in Montreal. I used it for a Nyarlat Hotep uh, costume, actually. And um, and then at some point, I think when we were doing the, uh, I, I would just wear it because I think I had it in the office. I don't even remember why, but uh, uh, I'd wear it for the, the, the streams we did, the, the, um, the streaming ones. The streaming uh, ones. Yes. Yes. Uh, that name was my idea, by the way. Oh, good to know. Bravo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Act, yeah. I like, crazy I like it. Anyway. Um, I'm still waiting <laughs> for the buddy cop movie. That would be good. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the post. I think I do. Yeah. It was a uh, 21 Jump Street, but I, I think I put, I put you and Tilty, like, photoshopped in. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would love to do a, a, a me and Tilty uh, buddy cop procedural show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the hat, so the hat got into the, um, the stream and then at some point, I think it was mentioned like, uh, yeah, we want the hat, uh, in the game. And I joked about that and like Tilty was like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And then I would just keep telling people <laughs> on Twitter and stuff, demand the hat, demand the hat. <laughs> and I think demand eventually went up high enough that, uh, it, it now exists in the game is, is Nair, is Nair lot top hat. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yep. it is. I own it. Which, um, yeah. So I've basically accomplished everything I want to do in the industry by getting that hat. Into the, <laughs> into the Your hat has made it into the, into the game. And the hat yet exists with me. It's amazing. So I was going to try to give a fan, fangirl short, uh, shout out to your Patreon and, and try to mimic you saying, the phone is ready. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a story where um, uh, there's a there's a phone ringing, and that's supposed to kind of ramp up the tension of the story. Is that this phone won't stop ringing, and the character won't answer it? And in the audio, well, in the text version as well, it's just a sentence. The telephone rings. So in the audio, there's a um, I use like a, I, I use a different filter, so it sounds like a voice coming through a phone. It's just this same monotone. The telephone rings, and I think on my Patreons on one of the posts you. I, I I gave it out as a ringtone. That's great. I've, I've been scouring my hard drive for the last half an hour so I could try and play it over my mic. Oh yeah, I wonder I wonder if I have that somewhere here. That that reminds me. Uh, we could probably post the link for the moons audio bits too. Yes, yes, we should. Do yes. you have that number? Because mm-hmm. Andy Andy got the. Uh, he like he tweeted it out too. The, the link is is out there in the ether. That link. Uh, so I didn't have that one ready. So yeah, I've, but I've, I uh, saw it, forgot about it. And yeah, there's there's a there's like a little collection of little moons uh, sound bites that you can use for things. Yes, Andy has specifically said we can use them for streaming sounds or phone rings or just whatever we want. Wallpaper? Got it. I found it. Oh, you got it. I was trying to find it. Yep, I have the Runes of Madness wallpaper great. You mean different art? He did talk. Actually, that came up on this, on one of their streams. Tuesday stream, maybe? Um. Uh, where someone asked for like the, there's some other. Oh, it's kind of spoiler. There, there's some like photos, photo or like Polaroids or something in Moons, and they wanted wallpaper of like those pictures. And he was going to see what he could find out, like like high res versions that people could use for desktop wallpaper. But we're still we're still waiting to hear on that one. I say as many wallpapers as possible. Right. I like I, I use everything like <laughs> all my wallpapers are either like secret world or just screenshots that I've taken or or whatnot. So, yes. 
You know what's funny is this this has been my wallpaper since like the image came out. Like the Moons of Madness, the you know, astronaut with the tentacle. That's been my wallpaper since like it was announced and that artwork was there. It's like what? <laughs> I haven't changed it. And that yeah, that artwork is like kind of been there from the beginning. It's been a pretty constant. It's really cool. It's very striking. I am a huge dork, and I have three monitors, and one of them is the graveyard one from the SWL relaunch. One of them is the Orochi Tower that was released for us, and then one of them is still Hollow Point's um, fabulous art for the goodbye to Beyond the Veil. Oh yeah, I've got that one too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Other people have three screens. I have three computers and three screens. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But I mean, I have two, and then Nash was like, there's a wall here, and we have extra room, so I can just put that monitor up there. Let's just like, pale oh. screens everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just all of the screens. That's kind of, well, it's not the way my setup, my setup is only two screens, but then I have a, I do have a third screen, but it's about the size of your hand. And it's just on my desk. It's actually a monitor that is only like six, like eight inches tall and like six inches wide. I have no idea where I got it from, <laughs> but I found it among my, uh, among my stuff. Anyway. <laughs> you, you stole a, a fairy's big screen TV. It's oddly very handy for like for just having like a chat, having like putting the mm, chat down in that yeah. one. Mm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so say so I just put it down. So I wanted to give a big thank you, a big huge thank you to Scrivnomancer, uh, Joshua Deach. Say so go ahead and go follow Scrivnomancer on Twitter. That's one of the. Um, I think best ways to find your yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty often there <laughs> yes yeah, so you're pretty much always on twitter uh you can also go check out uh joshuadeach.com which is uh, your website or your patreon page which we linked that is patreon.com slash oh i just had it it took me off it's patreon.com slash joshuadeach Right. And uh, yeah, that's been dusty for a while, but new content's coming out starting next week. And also a giant thank you to Bloodwed as well. Bloodwed, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful, as always. So you can find Bloodwed uh, also at bloodwedmallory.com. Uh, that's blood with one D, but wed with two Ds. Bloodwedmallory.com. Uh, also on Twitter, I believe it's at bloodwedmallory. That's right. Yes, at bloodwedmallory. Also on Twitter, you are. Uh, um, I don't th not as prolific as as Scrivenomancer is on Twitter, but uh, but you're still on there. And uh, so go check your stuff out there, or also on Amazon, where you can check out both of your stuffs. Say so strangers in the proportion. I know is uh, is on Amazon. 
That's right. Yeah, for a while it wasn't. Uh, uh, but yeah, you can get it on Amazon now as well as I don't know if the physical copies are on Amazon. If you want a physical copy, you might have to go to drivethroughfiction.com. Okay. That's good to know. Are you currently doing any deals with the toe tags? I do have toe tags. Um, I will have to figure something out. I do have boxes of toe tags. Never mind how. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, you can just you can just you can order toe tags online. It's, it's a crazy yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it maybe... means so much more, you know, coming from you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just mean <laughs> I'm demystifying my process. But yeah, um, hmm. Yes, I will have to figure out a a, a way of of of, uh, of well, not a way of sending them out. Though that, that way exists with the post. But, uh, <laughs> but how? What? 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 The process? Create the mail. Yeah, you need to get, come, come, create a, come up with the concept a system by which objects are moved from one. You'll need Kevin Costner. Other. Yes. <laughs> well, that goes. Oh! 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait! 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 No! 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 For real. We have not talked about this. Mm-hmm. I have a brand new kitty, sir. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who followed me on Twitter or wherever else at, at the time I was you know, writing for Secret World, you might know that I have I had a cat named Raven, a one-eyed black cat that I adopted when I was in Montreal and then brought down to North Carolina. Um, she, unfortunately, over a year ago passed away. But uh, uh, I finally have adopted a new cat named Lygia, named after the, the Edgar Allan Poe story. Um, and she's, she's, she's a fun black cat who has, uh, both eyes. I went for the upgraded model <laughs> and, uh, extra toes. She's, she's a polydactyl. Yes. Nice. She's Polly. Yes. Would she like a cracker? <laughs> no, no, but she would like, well, she might want a cracker to lure a bird. She's a very, she's a very predatory a cat, but, but otherwise loving. Those the best kind. I, I always love having a good hunter cat around. And she's leash trained. Ooh, it's even better. I yeah, I bought a leash and a harness, and I want. She wasn't. She's a youngish cat, two years old, but uh, but not a kitten. So I thought, okay. I'm, I watched the videos. I'm like, I'm gonna have to put in some time to really possibly get her to accept a leash. But I had her on the harness, like on the second day. <laughs> she's just a really adventurous cat who is who isn't put off by much. Does she have spikes or diamonds on her on her harness? Is what I want. You know, right now it's a plain harness, but I I, I have thought I need to up the harness game. It's also made me realize I could probably dress her up in cool costumes since she doesn't. Mind. <laughs> oh yeah, true, true. I say just go back to the Renaissance Fair and pick up some more of those eyes. Ooh, oh, I give her lots good, of eyes. Make good cat yeah. <laughs> and tentacles. I can make her a good uh, tentacles. Yes. Either eye like the red eye, like right in the middle. And it's like uh, from X Men. It's like oh, there you go. Thank you. It was either it was either Professor X or, or like evil version or, or Sinister had a cat with a red eye in the center. Oh, did they? It sounds like something Mister Sinister would have. Yeah, they did something weird in one of the reboots where Professor X was a dick and kind of evil. <laughs> it sounds like a great title for a, a Marvel what if comic. What if Professor X was a dick? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, he has those mental powers and like he seems oh, right. nice. Yeah. But 
you know, in, in reality, he was just manipulating everyone, and they were all liking him and doing the whole team thing because he was oh, making because he was making them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool and horrifying. Right? What if the X-Men was just a toxic construct by a lonely old man? Oh, no. This, oh, no. I feel like they sort of explore those concepts in um, uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. I need to go and I need to go and watch that. Have you not seen Doom Patrol? I have not seen the series. No, no, I've been uh, meaning to. It made me reread the the books, but uh, it's really, really, really good. It looked good. The, the the trailers alone won me over. I just gotta I gotta break down and get the, the DC uh, whatever. Oh yeah, the 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 DC streaming thing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it it's it's quite good. It, uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Grant Morrison as a writer, and you know, Doom Patrol. That that's all his stuff that they're they pulled from for that from that show. In, in like a, in a large way, I'm uh, I'm always a fan of a of a uh, lovable collection of, of weirdos. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what he does. But yeah, that that, that that's it's it's, uh, it's exceptional. You just don't see that kind of stuff on TV anymore, like ever, <laughs> ever. I was gonna say anymore, but I I changed that statement. You just don't see it ever. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> I digress. I think it's a. I think it's right. I think it's a good time to uh, to end the show here, if that's okay with everybody. Um, agents, this has been the Zero Point Report, Strain Zero Eight MDM. You can catch us recording live every other Thursday night at nine PM Eastern Time here on the Zero Point Report Twitch channel, where you can also join us and chat with us while we do the show live, or download our show wherever podcasts are found, so you can listen to us on the go. You can get in touch with us by engaging with us on Twitter at Zero Point Report, emailing us at the Zero Point Report at gmail.com, checking out previous shows on our YouTube channel, and joining us on our Discord server, both named the Zero Point Report. <laughs> From all of us here at the Zero Point Report, we want to thank you for tuning in, and we want to thank especially our guests this evening, uh, Bloodwed Mallory and Joshua Deach, the infamous Scrivenomancer. Thank you again very much for to, for for coming on the show and chatting with us uh, all about your lives and Moons of Madness and everything else that you can. So we want to thank you all for tuning in and wish you all the best from the secret world. Have a great night and see you next time. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Take care. Good night. Bye.